entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Brooklyn, stand up. Go! What's going on, everybody, and welcome back. This is the fifth installment of the I Rest My Take podcast. I'm Max Adams. I'm Liam Spellman. Finally got that down this week. <laughs> on today's show, we got a lot to recap. We got a AB found a new team. We got our um, way too early power rankings for the NBA season. Yep. The World Series has come to an end. Yeah. We have a champion. A little COVID scare with that as well. It comes along with that. We'll talk about that. We have uh, poor uh, Odell Beckham Jr. towards the Seattle, what that means for his future. And uh, we'll get our, our thing we had last week, our two-minute drill for NFL. Uh, so, yeah, we've got a lot to unpack, and we're looking forward to it. Yeah. Right. First things first, though, we have to get to the AB story because there doesn't I, – I feel like there should have been more hype around it, but yeah. the, the move was so, like, anticlimactic. I think it was just because he went to the Bucks. Like, yeah. <laughs> keep getting everyone. Yeah, yeah. Like we saw with Le'Veon last week, the rich keep getting richer, and yeah. you're not going to have enough footballs to get to everyone. They, just I don't, I don't, I don't love that. the move because we, we talked about how you you said you say Titans, Titans and Ravens, I think, mm-hmm. um, and like the Buccaneers were one of the last teams that needed a receiver. They have two top when they're healthy, like you could argue even top five with top two top ten receivers. Yeah, I, I think AB's uh, crush for Tom Brady is really just that. That overpowering, apparently. And, and that was quick. You heard in the news, like, oh, Brady wants him. Like, he's talking. Next day, Antonio Brown is a Buccaneer. Yeah. And you said it was, like, circulating throughout the offseason that A.B. wanted to go wherever Tom went. Yeah. But then Bruce Arians is like, he's a diva. We don't want Bro, him. This he, and was, that. he shot him down immediately. Yeah. And then I, he still was. Even when he, like, if you're if you're not, like, a team player, you're gone. Yeah. I love that for Bruce <laughs> Arians. Total football guy oh power move. God. But, like, like – you still you still bit the bullet there. I mean, Tom Brady seems to really be running your show. He is. And, and is he eligible this week? No, it's it's next, next week. Right. Next so week. And he has to clear COVID protocol. Okay. So he's not going to practice until Wednesday of next week. Okay, so week eight is suspension. Yeah, the, yeah suspension's okay. done this week. He has to have the five-day COVID protocol thing. Yep. And then he's good. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, he I'm not ready for it. Antonio Brown be back in the league. I I don't think anybody is wow. honestly because he's just this wild card where you don't know what you're going to see from him. Have you? I haven't seen any like he hasn't really said much since this. He's been off of social yeah. media and for his own good. Yeah. By the way, I think someone he, someone told him. That's I, I'm good. glad some, it took him long enough to to get yeah. that through to him. But he must have had not like he must have not had better options. Like I, it was the Seahawks, the Bucks, and who else? Yeah, must have been no one. Yeah, and yeah, thanks Schefter again with the vague reporting of the Seahawks are not alone. Didn't even mention the Bucks. Like, can you give us some intel, please? Give them some. Give us something to work with. You're dropping the ball two weeks in a row, Shefty. Figure it out. That's literally in the Seahawks and Buccaneers. Literally, they have two insane duo at receivers, Mm -hmm. and they add a guy like Antonio Brown. Yeah, that they're 
Those moves, the Le'Veon move, the AB move, is really setting us up for a Bucks Chiefs Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, and I'm not Tell ready for it. <laughs> I'm uh, not ready for it. Yeah, that's gonna be very interesting to see Antonio Brown back in the league. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, we got AB back in the league, and we got OBJ out of the the league. I guess yeah. out of the season, out of the season, out yeah. of the season, and who knows when he'll be back, what team he'll be playing for. Right. There. Uh, that was that was big because he was he, when he. Ever since he's become a Brown, it's always been he's either like had a great game or he's just been like a pedestrian, like a normal receiver. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they're going to take a move for him because I think even before they were talking about this, I remember Stephen A. was talking about how Odell and Jarvis Landry should want out of Cleveland. Yeah, they, he was a he was going to be a trade target with yeah. next week's trade deadline, and there was a 50-50 shot he was going to yeah. get moved. And that was and, I think we both like I hoped for him to go, and I yeah. think you did too. Yeah, he he needed to go because you're wasting a, a generational talent. Yeah. In a wasteland which, in Cleveland, which makes no sense because he has a better court. Like he had Eli, mm-hmm. and Baker has is younger, and I, I would say he's a better quarterback than when Odell was there. And just he hasn't been the same. He was literally a top five receiver with the Giants. Yeah, that uh, I don't understand how they haven't like incorporated. I like I know you have Jarvis Landry there, and like you have Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt. And there's the, like, like they have guys. Not, yeah, they have they have a bunch of guys, but like you could still utilize the talent. Like you've seen it in Arizona, where DeAndre Hopkins. There's a there's a Huge receiver core there, yeah. and but he's still getting so much volume, and I'm just shocked that they kind of let his talent go to waste. The Browns are just like a team that's not never gonna do anything. Nope, and it's it's so sad too because we like like he's gonna be out until at least halfway through next season, right? If not right, longer, yeah. we he's turns thirty next year. Is he really? Yeah, thirty. Yeah, he's like twenty nine or thirty. Yeah. So we. Not we wasted OBJ. Not we a lot of teams him. are probably going to want him, yeah. Yeah, we wasted him, which is so sad. But, yeah, I just – I feel for OBJ. I feel for his whole team because yeah. they we we didn't get to see what we all thought we, we originally right. saw in OBJ. And the worst part is, like, it was literally on a Baker pick. It was on a Baker pick. He's, I, only, which he's, is, only, he's only going to tackle the guy, and he freaking gets – Tony ACL. Yeah, that is. And it was bad. You knew right away too. Yeah, it was a like he jumped up oh. and like he grabbed the back of his knee. I said it when when it was uh, going on through red zone. I was like, oh ACL, yeah. no. Like that was so the pretty, worst case scenario. Pretty much, it's Baker's fault. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on to the uh, to MLB Dodgers twenty twenty World Series champs. Yeah, um, I mean, kind of all that was like, what to be expected. Yeah, it was in the stars, but like. The, we could have had a game seven, so allow me to address address Kevin Cash. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, Kevin. You're an idiot. Mm-hmm. You had Blake Snell through a gem. Yeah. He was shoving. The Dodgers were looking like the worst hitting like performance that we've seen from mm-hmm. them yeah. all year. And he was through five and a third. Yep. And at 75 pitches, and it's not even like the runner is in scoring position, yep. Kevin. He was on first base. Yep. And it's one thing if you bring in like one of your starters, if you want Charlie Morton to get you through that game, right. or one of your other guys, or uh, Diego Castillo, who was dealt this whole postseason. But you brought in Nick Anderson, who was horrible at the end of the DS. He was horrible in the LCS. And what does he do? Give him the run his first at bat. Yep. Double and Mookie, run, next batter, or wild pitch, and then. Uh, the Mookie comes in yeah. on a ground ball. The, I really want to understand why. The only thing, I, like I was mentioning before this, the only reason I think maybe, say the Rays win and they want to save him for like an inning or two in game seven. 
but you're not going to even make it to game seven if you don't even leave your best guy out there. Exactly. You have to get to game like, what, seven first. You, you can't doing? assume. You can't assume that you, especially since you're so limited offensively. Right. Like a Rosarena was a majority of your offense. Oh my god. The man. entire postseason. So you let that postseason performance go to waste by being an idiot, and then like you just let your entire yeah. team down. You had Charlie you're Moore. You let Blake Snell down too. Yeah, he let Blake Snell. I I think if I'm Blake Snell and my manager pulls me out in a game six game where if we lose we go home, I have the right to sucker punch him across the face. I I think that as a pitcher. That's like I've thrown a lot of big games for high school games. I know you've pitched a lot of like big situations. If I'm taken out of a situation where I know I'm supposed to be in and it's my game, and you take me out because of analytics and just being a nerd, I have the right to punch you in the face. <laughs> that might not go over well, but I, I understand I, where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah, I I think that I, what I want to know too is freaking the Rays pitching coach. I don't know his name, but you're gonna let him do that? Like you you're not gonna give him any like insight and advice on. What you're gonna do right now, or it made no sense yeah. at all. Literally, he's dealing. Mookie yeah. can't touch him. No one on the freaking Dodgers can touch him. Mm. He gives up one hit in the fifth, and you're like, "Oh, I'm taking." Him out. I thought it was a joke. Like when the announcer, when Joe Buck, I think was like, "Oh, he's coming in," or he's coming out. I was like, "Oh, like laughing." Yeah, it's a base hit, and they take him out. Yeah, it was the dumbest possible thing you could do, mm. and you let your entire team down, and you robbed us all of a Charlie Morton Walker. Walker Buehler game seven, and fantastic. we will never forgive you for that. Fantastic. Um, but additionally, Seager, uh, Corey Seager took home MVP. Yeah. I thought Kershaw was going to get it, but I mean, Seager did well. He yeah. batted 400, two home runs, go ahead RBI, 609 on base percentage in the World World Series, and like, yeah, he deserved it. I like, smart. I was I was cool with it. I wasn't yeah. I wasn't going to be that tight about it. But like, I thought Kershaw may have should have gotten yeah. it. But I'm that's based on like his narrative and his right, postseason right, right. woes. So like you can't give it to him for like a narrative. Right. But it was probably between Kershaw, Mookie, and Seager. Yeah, Mookie had a quiet like two three game yeah. stretch after game one. I thought Mookie was a lock after game one, but right. then he was kind of quiet for the rest of the for the rest of the series until game six. Yeah. So I think I'm happy for Kershaw though. No, yeah. All the stuff he has he's been terrible. And he, he needed something like this. Yeah, definitely. And his now his resume gets a huge boost. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, that he is for sure a first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh yeah, definitely. Now, for definitely. sure. Something we actually have to talk about before we move on is Justin Justin Turner. The fact that he gets Corona in the middle of the game, or he got probably before, but he gets removed in the seventh inning of the World Series. Like, that, how does that even happen? That's classic Rob Manfred at his he, best. He looked in when he was talking at the end of the game. He looked like he was gonna have a stroke. He was like, uh, oh, dude, I would ha- have an anxiety attack too if my oh. team just won the World Series. But then I had to Coco and had to go. I had to be subbed out mid game yeah. for a positive test. Like I, I, oh, and to not be able to like celebrate and run out to the field. I mean, he still he was out there. Him. Yeah, he went out that's, there. That's a whole nother story. Yeah, yeah. I w- maskless. Yeah. I, I mind you. Yeah, but. He kissed his wife. He was hugging the guys. Like yeah, that, yeah. That's a bad. That's a bad look. Yeah, but that's a. I mean, I understand where I, he's coming from. You're the World Series, one of the yeah. biggest moments of your life. But like. Yeah, I mean, his team does have eight months to recover now yeah. or so. so and they're, I mean, already I exposed, they're already exposed to him yeah. for the first seven innings. Yeah, so I mean, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. He didn't give anybody, like, the opposing fans or, like, the fans that showed out. He wasn't endangering yeah. them. He was just endangering his team, who has a, a ton of months to recover. Yeah. So, I mean, not the end of the world, but very scary. Yeah, very scary. Uh, sticking with the MLB, uh, the game four of that series. Oh my God, we have insane. to talk about that. I've never seen anything like that ever. Not even in like nah. 2K or anything. Like I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, no, nah, not at all. Um, 
that that catcher play it really it's weird because that happens all the time like i remember catch, like using catcher gloves and like whenever i went to go swipe a tag or anything like right. that the ball it was so hard it was right. so easy for the ball to just go flying like that right. it just looked so weird because then a rosarena fell down well, and, chris, and chris taylor was bombing the ball by the way speaking of that why isn't cody bellinger in the outfield why is it? He was in center the whole series except yeah. for that play. I think it was something with his back or something. I think they moved him or he was – I didn't get that either. But because if, if he doesn't bobble that, he's probably not even going. No. Nah. No. Nah. Yeah. I got to break down Brett Phillips though, the, okay. the, the claimed hero. Yeah. So where are my statistics? Um, Brett Phillips is on a four, uh, 545K salary. He batted wow. 196. And 51 regular season regular season ABs, and he's a career 202 hitter who was left off the LCS, LCS roster. And that's your guy that hits the walk-off, which is just incredible and speaks to just the postseason baseball yeah. at its finest. That was and wow. that's so insane to me. That that's your hero. Out wow. of, out of all that. the guys, yeah, out of all the guys on that team, it's it's that guy. Yeah. He was living life too after he hit that. He was he was running around yeah. in the outfield and stuff. They had to hook him up to an IV yeah. after the game because oh. his heart rate was too high. Yeah. I I mean I would be too oh if I just hit a walk. Oh my Imagine god! That? Yeah. Imagine hitting a walk off. Not even a home run, just a walk off in the World Series. Yeah. And and you've been like not very good in your career. Yeah. That man ran to Spain oh. after that. He was running all over the field. If the Rays if the Rays had ended up winning, that guy would. Like I would be a hero. Yep. Well, I mean, kind of is, but he would be the hero if they won. Absolutely. Because that that game was huge. That game's an instant classic. Yeah. There was three leading changes oh in the God, last yeah. from the sixth inning on. It was wild. It was that was one of the best games that I've ever seen. Um, I didn't. I had. I was. It was unfortunate. I saw the game from like the seventh inning on, so okay. I saw like the ending, but I didn't see like the yeah. the events leading up to that, which was unfortunate. But yeah. I saw highlights, and that was one of the, that has to be one for the books. Yeah. Like you said, it speaks to the playoff baseball. Yep, definitely. That's finest. Uh, yeah, moving on to to one of our favorites now, the two minute drill. Yep. Uh, week seven. <laughs> Let's go. Turn that out. Yeah. There we go. All right. All right. Start. You want to start? I'll kick it off this yeah. week. Let's go. Let's go. In Philly, where Daniel Jones got lo- loose and he could go. Oh, the, oh my God, he fell down. And so did the Giants' chances of winning. Carson Wentz hit Boston Cream Donut Scott for the would-be game winner with 40 seconds left to go. Philly 22, New York football Giants 21. In Houston, it looked like Thanksgiving came a little bit early for, the, for Devonta Adams and the Packers because they were feast, feasting on the Texans' defense at his Thanksgiving dinner. Green Bay 35, Houston 20. In Cincinnati, where Joe Burrow continues to play his heart out every week while the defense is taking the field like, I don't care, still don't care, I don't, I don't care. While Beard Chug Baker throws the game winner with 11 seconds to go on him, which had him singing postgame, Me and Peoples, Peoples Jones. <laughs> Cleveland Browns 37, Cincinnati 34. In New York, false hope is given to the Jets by way of Josh Allen and the Bills, who couldn't seem to put the Jets away. 2020 has seen so many different things that have happened this year, and nothing is unexpected. But something you can't expect is a Jets loss. Buffalo 18, New York 10. In the nation's capital, where the Red Rocket had a brutal crash landing, and we all thought he may be dead for a moment. But evidently he was not, but was knocked out of the game, and mob boss Ben Danucci took over and didn't do a damn thing. Easy day at the office for scary Terry McLaurin in the game. Football team takes this one. Football team 25, America's team 3. <laughs> in Tennessee, it was the battle of the undefeated. 
Steven Gostowski's had a reputation for being a clutch and reliable kicker, but that changed. At the end of the game, he struggled up and missed that game with Pittsburgh 27, Tennessee 24. In Atlanta, where even without Dan Quinn, the Dirty Birds found yet another way to blow a lead, this time by scoring? That, that's right, the girly man, Todd Gurley, belly flopped over the goal line by mistake with just enough time for Matt Stafford to commit some bulldog on bulldog crime and hit TJ Hawkinsocks in the end zone as time expired. Detroit 23, Atlanta 22. In Oakland, the question after the game the Buccaneers have asked, is Tom Brady ever going to retire? Keeps proving the doubters wrong. He might even be a freaking grandpa by the time he retires from this season. Tampa Bay 45, Las Vegas 20. In NOLA, where Teddy B took a seat on the bench next to his old locker room buddies and Jamis Winston looked on in the distance, taking on the jealous new girlfriend role. Guys, this is why he has trust issues. He just wants to be loved like the meme accounts loved him eating W's. None of this has anything to do with the game, but the Saints march to the W. New Orleans 27, Carolina 24. In LA, Justin Herbert continues to prove that he is a franchise quarterback. You have to feel for Tyrod Taylor at this moment, who might not ever get his job back. You have to think though, was it an inside job that Herbert's now in the lineup? Never know. What I do know is Justin Herbert reminds me of Sunshine from Remember the Titans, and that they're both ballers. LA 39, Jacksonville 29. In Mile High, where KC was off the Henny, as we saw Chad Henny back from the dead take the field for the first time since Chad Pennington was a thing. <laughs> if you couldn't tell from that, this game was a massacre. KC 43, Denver 16. In Arizona, we saw a glimpse of what happens in the African safari, and boy did DK Metcalf show up like a cheetah chasing down a gazelle when he chased down Buda Baker. As they say in, during Secretary of Belmont Stakes win, moving like a tremendous machine! But in the end, the machine and Seahawks were enough. Arizona 37, Seattle 34. In Foxborough, where Jimmy G was back at his own stomping grounds and balled out while Bill Belichick was too busy singing to him the Jackson 5's I Want You Back, Rather than focusing on the abysmal play calling that was going on, there are reports circulating that Bill and Kraft came to blows after the game, and not the kind that Kraft likes. Still waiting on the source to confirm that one, but San Fran takes this one. San Francisco 33, New England 6. In LA, the Rams took the Bears, took it to the Bears on both sides of the ball, but especially on defense. What brings up the question, is Tua in trouble facing the almighty Aaron Donald next week? LA 24, Chicago 10. <laughs> YouTube has got to have some sort of ad like notice that right. is annoying. <laughs> I apologize about uh, that. Chad what? Pennington, I didn't know yeah. we were talking about him today. Yeah. Chad, Chad Pennington was one that came out of left field, but I, I, I don't know about you, but I haven't heard of Chad Henney doing oh. anything since he was a thing. Not at all. I don't even know he's a backup anymore. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was out of the league in like 2015. Yeah. When he scored that touchdown, I, oh my, if I was him, I would have went crazy yeah. just like he did. Yep. Um, so some takeaways, we got to get into some takeaways from some of these games. And I have to address, I have to defend my boy Cam. Because th this situation is not on him at all. It's not, and like people are paying him. And yeah, he wasn't good last week and he wasn't good the week before that. But that's product of the play calling. They're trying to make Cam Newton, who is a mobile dual threat quarterback, awesome. who likes to get the ball down the field and also use his legs, into Tom Brady throwing check downs and screen passes every other play. And they're not moving the ball down the field. And his offensive line is terrible. And they didn't really provide him with any skills position assets besides Julian Edelman, which they've had already. Right. They, they, he doesn't have anything to work with. So yeah. I, like, I, it's very hard for me, and it's not because I'm biased. I've watched these two games in consecutive weeks. Mm -hmm. Their play calling has been abysmal. And McDaniels has been like praised for his play calling down there, and it has looked awful all year. And it's not... It's not because they don't know their personnel. Yeah. It's not It's not Cam at all. And it, I'm not saying this because I'm a biased Cam fan, but I think this needs to be said. And, like, Patriots fans need to hear this because 
Cam Cam had a good first like three weeks, and then he the, got COVID, the, and then the, the play call went down. He got COVID, yeah. But yeah. The, the first week, I mean, he was he was rushing all the time. He was passing, but he he was he looked tremendous. Yeah. Even week two and three, yeah, but. It has not been the same. Yeah, and I don't think it's on him. I don't think his job should be in jeopardy. I think that the McDaniels and company needs to really like lay out their personnel and really know what they're working right. with before trying to implement what they were using for Tom, with Tom Brady for right. twenty years. Yeah, yeah, they, he's definitely not going to be a Tom Brady. He needs the ball. He needs to run. Mm-hmm. He should be getting like ten to fifteen rushes a game. Definitely, and that, that's where he's at his best. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I, I'm curious to see what the rest of the season looks like. They, but they definitely, like you said, they need more playmakers for them. Mm-hmm. Definitely. They, they, should, they should be an active participant in the trade deadline. I don't yeah. know why, why they well, wouldn't. I, I haven't really heard anything about the Patriots moving yeah. anyone. I, they, I, I, should, I would think that they would be looking to add people. Or even like free agents like Martavis Bryant is still out yeah. there. Just, just a play, they need some playmakers. Yeah, they need somebody to really – I thought they should have gone after Des Bryant. Like yeah. they need just somebody – that could get the ball down the field past the 50. Right. I mean, I mean, if you're relying on Julian Edelman at this point in his career, it's not yeah. a recipe for, that's going to turn out good. Nope. Not at all. Um, and additionally, uh, my crowd noise theory is uh, still being proven week oh, to week. injuries, right? Yeah. Odell now, yeah. O- Odell, Jeff Wilson went down. Kenyon Drake went down. Landed Collins tore his uh, Achilles. Was it his Achilles? Yeah, it was Damn. his Achilles. So, I mean, there's... I don't know what's going on, but this is the most knee ankle trouble that I've ever seen in an individual NFL season. And there's usually a, a lot of injuries, but like not these, not these so consistent. Big, these are big time guys. Too. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm gonna stick with the crowd noise theory. It could be the preseason theory as well, but that's one of the two. And it's just it's so weird to see because we're losing big names too. It's yeah. not even like we're losing like like role players. No. Yeah. No. I something we have to talk about though. Is DK Metcalf. I mentioned him earlier. That was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. And it wasn't even him with the ball. Yeah, no. And <laughs> and it's not like Buda Baker was moving no, slowly. Buda was moving over 20 miles an hour. Oh. And DK was just like, no. Nope. The, the first burst of speed he probably had from the end zone to maybe the 20. I've never seen anyone move that faster. He's, and he's 6'4", 230. Yeah, I don't want to say he's the world's fastest man, but Usain Bolt retired. So, I mean, it's up for grabs. So I, 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 he's in the running. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put that yeah. out in the open because Usain Bolt is still alive. Yeah. But I, uh, yikes! Wow, yikes! That, I, that is I a probably freak watched that nature. video. It was on social media. Everywhere. I watched the video like 20 times. Just, I just wanted to see it. Like it was unbelievable. Yeah, I was watching that game live, and I was watching it with my dad, and I was like, "Oh my god, look at DK! Look yeah. at D- oh my god, he's gonna get him!" Yeah. And I, like it just he got closer and closer, and I was like, "No way!" I showed like five people that that, that had hadn't seen it, mm-hmm. and the same reaction like that. Like, there's no way he's getting him. Yeah, because Buda Baker had a running head start. Mm-hmm. DK is running; he was running horizontal, mm-hmm. looking for a pass. All of a sudden, he's like, "Oh wait, I gotta go catch him!" Bang. Yeah. We also have to speak of the Seahawks though. They play the weirdest games yeah. ever. Their their fans must have like such an effect. A, a low life expectancy, like their their life expectancy is cut off at sixty. They have all gray hair by the time they're thirty five, and they may or may not have a bad drug addiction. Bro, so like it's I, crazy. The roller coaster rides that the Seahawks bring their fans with every week is insane. Tyler Lockett literally had 15 catches for 200 yards and three touchdowns. Game of his life. The two weeks before that, he was it was nothing. He was literally nothing. It was a it was a DK Metcalf show. Game of his game of his life. G- game of his career. He yeah. will never have a game like that. Nope. Shout out Ryan Huda. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that joke right there. 
Um, but yeah, that that was that was. Ugh. I, I their games they went from what the Vikings game the, the week before their bye week to that game. Yeah. Wow. Both on Sunday night. I told you it was an Al Michaels thing. Yeah. It was it's so odd. Yeah. Mm. You know what we have to bring up too is the Cowboys might not win another game the rest of the season. <laughs> they look that terrible. Was, yeah. The Cowboys, at this point, I think we can call them a slightly better Jets. Oh, my. Uh, I don't know if I'm going that far. I'm going that far. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going that far. I'm going that far. Andy oh. Dalton was terrible. Their offensive line is terrible. 25? Ezekiel Elliott can't hold on to the ball. 25-3. Their defense. Did you see the amount of people that they've released and traded today from their defense as if they are already weren't bad enough? They 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 got rid of – what did they get rid of? They got rid of Dontari Poe. Um, their corner, right? I forget the corner's name. Um, I'm not and, sure. And they traded Everson Griffin, so they they traded. They're pretty much they're all they have left for for defensive assets. Yeah. And they were like, you know what? Well, let's beat the Falcons and worst defensive rank this year. Yeah. I I told you at one point Jerry was going to blow up Jerry World, and it seems like it's coming already. Uh-huh. One more thing before we move on to the Pickums: Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. They have a bright future. They look I legit. told you about oh, Justin Herbert. You were high. On him. I told you. I about was high, him. but you had him as a top performer. Right? Yeah, and I was right on the money. He went right off. on the money. He had like thirty-nine fantasy yeah. points. He had four touchdowns over three hundred yards. He was yeah. nuts, and he's been nuts since he's been in the starting right. role. And nobody expected him. Like people expected that he was going to be like good, yeah. but not this good. Yeah, I saw a thing. Um, I forget who said it, but someone compared Tua being the Philip Rivers. To um, uh, Joe Burrow, just to Herbert being ben, Big Ben and Eli Manning. How like Big Ben? Big Ben will be Herbert, and Eli Manning will be Joe Burrow, and Tua would be Philip Rivers, who's never who's never gonna win anything. I thought that was an interesting comparison. Okay. No, yeah, they all three of them were in the same class, and how? Yeah, like, uh, Eli is too fresh in my mind yeah. right now, and like because he was terrible for like his last like right. four years, but, but he do, he does have two Super Bowls, right. so like I don't hate that. Yeah. And then Ben, I don't hate that comparison, Justin Herbert right. either. They're both way more mobile than yeah. both of those quarterbacks, by the way. Well, just and in then terms Tua, of like winning I, Super Bowls, yeah. I, yeah, I am right on board with the Tua comparison, yeah. though. Mm-hmm. I'm right there. Yeah, it's just something I saw that about. I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, going into our NFL pickup segment now, uh, we um, we got the primetime games and a couple other games that we uh, think are going to be good games. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the Thursday night game, Falcons Panthers, not a terrible game. It should be maybe a high scoring game, but. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. kind of I like this game. This game has a lot of potential. We're yeah. also adding in um, the the spreads for this week. We yeah. found we got the okay to add in the spreads. So we're going to talk a little bit about that with our pickups this mm-hmm. week too. Carolina's favored minus two and a half. I would take that all day. Mm-hmm. That is an easy easy take. Um, I would definitely take the over as well. Both those defenses are terrible. It was yeah. over under. It was forty nine. Um, if CFC plays, they should win this game pretty yeah. convincingly. Yeah. However, I, I, yeah, I don't think he will, but I feel I still have, yeah, I have the Panthers. Yeah, I have the Panthers either, either way. However, this could turn into a shootout if he doesn't play because yeah. you never know what's going on with the with the Panthers offense. Right. No, definitely. Uh, another good matchup: the Steelers Ravens. That is going. Ravens come off a bye. Steelers undefeated. Yeah, that's going to be a shootout. Yeah, uh, Baltimore's we, favored minus three yeah. uh, or minus three and a half. Over under is forty six and a half. Um, both those defenses are really, really good. I don't understand why Baltimore is the favorite, yeah. though. It's Pittsburgh is the undefeated team, after all. And, yeah. like, they're, like, first of all, the spread is very iffy because these this game could very easily be decided by a field goal and it could be a low-scoring game. Mm-hmm. So, as far as that's concerned, um, I just... Who do, you, I, who do you got? I got I got, I got Pitt in this game. Really? I got, yeah. I, I took the Ravens. I think they're going to be... 
come off a bye, I think they're going to be a lot better than what they have been, even though the Steelers look freaking dangerous. See, I if the Ravens-Chiefs game had never happened, I would probably take okay. the Ravens as well. But okay. the, just the, the sample size that I got yeah. out of the Ravens against the Chiefs, they looked awful. Yeah. Lamar threw for 97 yards. He, they were just not yeah. not set for it to beat big teams. Right. Um, another game, uh, the Dolphins-Rams, to Tua's debut against the Rams' stingy defense. I got the Rams there. What do you got? I got I got the Rams as well. I like the spread in this one. Um, I don't love the over-under, which is set at 45. But uh, to his debut, he's going to have Aaron Donald in his yeah. face the whole the, the entire day. And Jalen Ramsey in the secondary. Yeah. Good luck to you. I don't, a lot. Yeah, you're not... It, you're more likely than not not going to do anything. That's a tough uh, debut to have. Yeah, that is not a debut that I want to have on my shoulders. No, not at all. Uh, another game we got the 49ers Seahawks. Interesting game for the for the division. Uh, I got the Seahawks there. Yeah, I also have the Seahawks, and I also hate going against my Niners in yeah. two consecutive games where we have them up here. Right. Uh, the Seahawks are favored minus three. Uh, over under is fifty four. That's a big number for a 49er game. I do. I wouldn't take that. Um, minus three. If the Seahawks win, they should win by more than three. But um, eh. uh, Debo Samuel's probably out. Right. There's going to be a running back by committee in San Fran. I don't. I don't love this matchup for them yeah. at all. And then the uh, Sunday night game, the NFC East. Don't know why they're Sunday night. They need to be flexed. Cowboys Eagles. I'm bored by this game. Yeah. I hate that. This could be Mike McCarthy's last game. I took Philly in this one. I'll take the spread on it. Uh, minus seven and a half. Over under is forty three point five. Yeah. I'll take the under there. Um, if I'm wrong. Something insane happened. Yeah. Something just unforeseen happened. Ben Tenucci put put all his mob bosses up there and just balled out. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. There's something unforeseen going on over there. Yeah, I got Philly in that. Mm. And then our Monday night game. Uh, somehow an NFC East team is in that as well. But the Buccaneers Giants. I got the Buccaneers big. Yeah, so do I. I love the spread. Uh, over under is tentative because the Giants are they're facing good defense. Giants don't really have a lot of yeah. firepower. Over under is forty six. Um, I, who picked this game to be a Monday night game, by the way? I don't know. I, 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 I want to know. You have, you have how do you three, look at that game and be like, yeah, primetime? You have three NFC East teams in primetime. That is horrific. I don't, I don't, and the other, the only other team is on a bye. So you really have all the, the playing NFC East games yeah. in primetime slots, which well, is like the worst thing you could do. The Cowboys-Eagles games actually. So Dolan's out, right? Uh, probably, yeah. probably. It's not looking good because he got he got messed up pretty bad. Oh my god, we didn't even talk about yeah, that hit. He, he that died. was such that was a, such a like. How do you do that? That was so. That was the one of the dirtiest plays we've seen in a while, really, since Teddy Bridgewater got knocked out. Yeah. And, and Vikings has the only hit that I yeah. can remember it to be that magnitude, god, but that was, that was horrendous. Terrible. Wow. And yeah. there's no suspensions coming from that too. Hopefully, they will be soon. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to transition a little bit into our sports politics segments of the week. Um, lot to talk about. Election week coming up. Um, I'll let you take. Oh, actually, I'll go first because okay. you, I always go last, and <laughs> I, I don't. I don't mean to, but it kind of ends up that way. So I'll go first this time. I'm about to bullet. Um, so you guys know as well as I do that these ongoing sports seasons have revolved around two messages outside of the game itself. Um, that we have to stand up for racial inequality and we have everyone collectively has to, has to, has to go out and vote. These two messages have been intertwined with the MLB, NBA, and even the NFL for one game. However, it's been it's been the women leading the charge. It's been the WNBA more than anyone, and they've actually been doing it for a while. 
It started back in 2016 with the I Can't Breathe campaign and how vocal they were about that. And all the leagues were very vocal about that sort of movement, but it, the WNBA was, again, one of the ones to, to lead the charge as far as that goes. Um, they dedicated their season, as the NBA did, to the Black Lives Matter movement, but they took it an extra mile way more than anybody else did, including the NBA, who did a good job in that area as well. But at the conclusion of the WNBA Finals, the closing ceremonies were up and running. The first thing the Storm did was to advocate for Breonna Taylor and the countless others that have been wronged and murdered at the hands of the system. So before that, and before that, they held a public players panel with the faces of the league opening up in depth about the type of views or those, those type of views. Really, you saw that in every press conference that they did, every major press conference throughout the WNBA. They were, they were advocating, they were, they were being, they were standing up for the people that, for the voiceless. Mm Mm-hmm. And really more than anybody else. And it, it's something to be said, and we really need to give credit where credit is due, where the WNBA has done a great job over the years being the ones to lead the charge, and they don't get enough credit for it. So allow me to give you the credit that you deserve. Um, and then after that, or after the season ended, they created the WMBPA Social Justice Council, the first of its kind. You don't have any players' councils talking, or you don't have any players' associations really centered around social justice. Mm-hmm. So it's it's something to be said for the way they're innovating the more than an athlete mantra. Yeah. And with this week especially, we should really take their words into account with the upcoming election and all the things that are going into that. And we have to vote like our country depends on it, because quite frankly, it does. And so... If you, if you don't take their words into account now or you don't get what they were saying, you never will. And if you don't go out and vote this week, um, or we, you should go out and vote this week because we can s- fix our sub- systemic mess of a country. And if you don't, don't expect the WNBA or, quite frankly, the rest of us that are advocating for this, for this movement to be quiet. Yeah. No, they have, you hit that bone. WNBA has been tremendous in everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, NBA as well, but like you said, Forefront WNBA, mm-hmm, absolutely taking the charge. And I, I applaud them for that. They they were tremendous. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my topic, uh, I'm gonna go talk about a little bit of football. But Ron Rivera, he just received his last round of chemo. He didn't miss a single game. Nope. He had cancer and he didn't miss a single game. It was a seven week treatment. That's like wow. Like I think he missed maybe two practices. Getting chemo tra- treatment every day. One of the one of their players, Washington guard uh, Brandon Sheriff, said, "Talking to him on the field, you never know what he's going through." Mm-hmm. That speaks to kind of the guy that Ron Rivera is, the professional he is, and just to how tough he is. And I, like I said before, I applaud I applaud the WNBA and I, I applaud Ron Rivera. Mm-hmm. Absolutely yeah. tremendous. Yeah. Good on him. It took uh, what seven weeks for him to yeah. to really kick cancer's ass. Yeah. Honestly, he he beat that like it was nothing. Like yep. it, it didn't. Stir, serve as any pothole on the road or anything. Yeah. He just kept moving as if it wasn't there. And right. he got to ring the bell at the end of his treatment, yeah. which is so satisfying to watch those type of videos and see yeah. that those people have beat such a such an insane, unimaginable disease. Mm-hmm. Can't imagine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Ron Rivera, you're a real one, and I applaud you, and you... Shout out Riverboat. Wow, yeah. Wow. Riverboat round. <laughs> Uh, so that does it for our sports politics segment, and we're going to go back to our uh, fantasy football segment that yep. we'd love to talk about. Yeah, welcome to the bonus segment portion of the show. Uh, this is where the fun segments come into play. Um, that we not it's not recaps; it's all analysis and stuff that we take into account. So, yep. as we start off with every week in the bonus segment of the show, 
fantasy um, and our scores for la- our last week's lineups. Uh, what did you got? Yeah. You so got? La- last week, I think I beat you by like point one. It was yeah, something ridiculous it, like that. We yeah. both did not have a good week, but uh, I came out victorious. So I'll take that. Yep. This week, I don't know. Like one sixty nine point nine. Wasn't too good. I got you pretty good. Yeah. I got you one ninety four point nine. Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, yep. balled out. Um, Couple other guys, uh, James Conner did well. Alvin Kamara, um, AJ Brown was. Oh, oh no, yeah. I didn't have AJ no, Brown. Okay. I didn't have AJ Brown. Who did I have? Oh, I had the 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 Atlanta's wide receiver core. They did good. Oh, you had, uh, well, you had really Jones? Oh yeah, I had them both. Oh okay. Yeah, so they they put on a yeah. show, and uh, Hawkinson was big for me as well. Yeah, caught that touchdown late. That was big. Yeah, that was a big one. Yeah, I had I had my boy Devonta Adams, who was god in crazy game. Oh my god, he I was targeted had, every pass. I had him, and I had DK Metcalf. I wish I had him and Tyler Lockett. Yeah, you, you picked DK the wrong. Because DK did nothing. And Tyler Seattle. Lockett went off. He had like fifty-three fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you picked the wrong Seattle yeah. wide receiver. And then uh, the I had the Bills defense who gave me sixteen. Gotta take them against the Jets. I had the I had the football team defense did who you? got me seventeen. Yeah, so we, we hit yeah. money on the on the defenses. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, my I was surprised that my picks were as money as they were. I think the one I. What was the one dud that I have? I'm trying yeah. to remember. Well, my, one of my dud was I freaking had Aaron Jones, but I can't. I didn't change it because we had already done it and he didn't play. Mm. So oh. I got screwed with that. <laughs> oh, um, Diggs was kind of a dud. Yeah. Diggs, and then I don't think Hunter Henry had a point. He got, yeah, he might have had a catch. I think I had he had yeah. as well. Yeah, he had like maybe two points. He, one got, point. he got a little banged up too. Yeah. And I had Keen Allen. Oh, no, he had a good game. He had 10 catches for all like 135 yards. Mm. But yeah, um,. Yeah, so what are we doing? It's, it's back at 500, 2-2? Two 2-2, two. Two, two, yep. yep. Yeah. All right. I'm going to look to ride that hot streak a little bit this week and uh, segue into our top performers. Yeah. Um, do you want to take it away? Yeah, I'll take it away. Uh, so I mentioned the Bills against the Jets and how the Jets are terrible. So I'm going with Patrick Mahomes against the Jets. Uh, Patrick, you they had 43 points at Chiefs last week, and Patrick Mahomes had one touchdown. Like, he would never – my dad has him on his fantasy team, and he was he, he was he was watching uh, something else, and he sees oh my god, I can't see his forty three points. Mahomes must have five touchdowns. Hmm. I go, Dad, you're gonna be upset because he only has one. Oh, yeah, no, he had zero at the time, and because yeah, they had a kick return. I think they had a pick six. Uh, maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know, but forty three points, and Mahomes only had one touchdown. Yeah, those they bullied the Broncos around in the snow, nonetheless. Yeah, yeah exactly. Snow in October. Yeah, I love I'm, that. I'm here for it. Yeah. We're supposed to get snow on Friday. I'm here I for want, all of it. I want snow. I'm, I'm ready for. Uh, I'm ready for Christmas. I'm ready for Christmas music. I love Christmas time. Absolutely. And then my second top performer, stick with my boy Devonta Adams. When he is healthy, he is unbelievable. He is a fantasy machine. To me, he's if he's not one, he's the second best receiver in the game, and he is unbelievable. He's playing the Vikings, who he torched in Week One. He had 14 catches, 156 yards, and two touchdowns. I expect another monster game from Devontae Adams. Yeah. Green Bay has got a lot of people this week that should have big yeah. days because giving taking everything into account that happened in week one, yeah. they, they yeah. should carve them up once again because yeah. the it's not like they've gotten any better. Right. And with that being said, my top performer of the week is your boy Aaron Rodgers. Yes, sir, baby. Uh, the, uh, he car- like I said, they carved him up week one. He had 364 yards through the air, uh, four TDs, completing 73% of his passes. And like I said, it's not like the Vikings have gotten any better since right. then. And in fact, they've got progressively worse. Yeah. So I I don't see that number decreasing by any stretch of the imagination. I think Aaron Rodgers are going to go out and do the same thing, especially coming off of a bounce back week against the yeah. Texans as well. Al Lazard is back in practice too, so that'll be a big that'll be a big boost. And Aaron Jones might not play again, so they'll they'll rely more on the uh, passing side. Can y'all feed AJ Dillon, please? Can we oh. have some some New I mean, London Jamal, representative? No, I mean Jamal, Jamal Williams. He's a dog. I like him a lot, but 
I want to, he only had five carries. Yeah, that uh, was, I was, I was disappointed I was in that. Yeah. Um, Cause when what, did Jamal, uh, Jamal Williams get dreads, by the way? I, I, uh, when did had, that happen? They're long now. Yeah. They're very yeah. long. He had, he had just last year, but he was, they're like a, they're like Medusa's hair right Yeah. Now. What the hell? They're everywhere. He's got like, uh, Derek Henry's raccoon tail yeah, on yeah, like yeah. all four corners of his, like, it's so yeah. weird. No, he is, yeah. he's, he's good though. He had a big game filling in for Aaron Jones. Um, yeah, and then my my second guy might come as a little bit of a surprise. I had the surprise pick last oh, week. Well. I'm gonna I'm gonna write yeah I'm gonna write it again this week. I got AJ Brown, not Ryan Tannehill, not Derrick Henry. AJ Brown. Okay. Bengals defense has allowed at least 330 yards per game to opposing offenses, and with the majority of that coming through the air, I think that AJ Brown in that main target, since he's returned from injury, Brown, he's had at least seven targets per game and one touchdown in each of those three games. And with Henry being the clear focal point of that offense, the defense is probably going to gravitate more towards trying to stop him, giving a lot of room for the passing game. Mm-hmm. So I got A.J. Brown as my second top performer of the yeah. week. And he's Tannehill's go-to, so uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd like to see that. Especially now he's on my fantasy team. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. I mean, I gave you Todd Gurley, who gave yeah. him two touchdowns. So we're yeah, good. he didn't even mean to score I one know. of them. So I don't know. That was I don't, huge. <laughs> I, I don't like, know. We didn't even talk about that in detail. Like that's crazy. Like he, they lost. Well, you talked about that in your two minute drill, but they lost because he scored. Yeah. Like think of that. That's the most 2020 thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I I love I love the report that came out after the game. Uh, Todd Gurley was reportedly mad as hell. <laughs> that was that was like the most cartoonish yeah. like quote you could he, possibly get. I don't know how he couldn't stop himself. I yeah I I mean he ran over a dude and no, then I, he was at the end zone his momentum kind of took, but like no. slide guy come yeah. on that was crazy Dude, use your brain a little bit no, that speaks to the Falcons season as well yeah they, they blow the lead against the Lions yeah we talk about every week how the Falcons always find new new yeah. ways to blow leads yep. and they they did that yeah. and then some. Uh, going into our fantasy lineups now. Um, our, again, our two quarterbacks, two running backs, three receivers, two tight ends, kicker, and a defense. My two quarterbacks, I mentioned Patrick Mahomes, and I'm going to stick to who you thought and who I love, Aaron Rodgers. All the reasons you said Vikings, don't even have to say anything else, you said it all, and I love my man, so I'm going to take him uh, with Patrick Mahomes. I got some names in my lineup this week, some okay. names that we haven't we haven't really had in the mix yet Okay. with um, obviously, A. Rod, my one of my QBs already. My second one, Carson Wentz. Really? Yes. Okay. Uh, ver- got a Dallas matchup. Defense is yeah. going to have very little pass rush, especially since they shipped out anything that they have in the pass rush today with mm-hmm. Everson Griffin, Dontari Poe. Yeah. I think the only legitimate pass rusher they have left left is Demarcus Lawrence. I haven't heard anything from Alden yeah. Smith, so I can't really say that he's been the the catalyst yeah, for that no. either. So he's going to have all day to throw. Yeah, primetime game, maybe he's going to show out. Yeah, primetime game. He gets Miles Sanders back, I think, this week. There was, like, report. The injury report's really weird because originally when Zach Ertz and Miles Sanders went down, they had Miles Sanders is going to be out and he's going to be back next week. And then Ertz is out for two to three or three to four or something like that. And so I'm pretty sure they get Miles Sanders back this week. Boston Scott filled in well for him. Yeah, yeah. Don't quote me on it, but, yeah, Boston Scott performed the way he – the way they all wanted to, yeah. especially against the Giants. Yep. But uh, during his 2000 MVP run, Wentz completed 71% of his passes against Dallas and had two of his best games. And it's Dallas is way, way, way worse now. Yeah. So terrible. I mean, but but I would argue that because but Carson doesn't have the weapons that he had. Yes and no. <laughs> yeah. Like 
Mm, I, I think they're the weapons that, like, it kind of equals out because Dallas is terrible, so True. the okay. wide receivers are going to be opened up way. a little okay. bit. And Travis Fulgham is bad, and Richard yeah. Rodgers showed that he was plenty cap- capable. Right. And Greg Ward is, like, okay. Right, yeah. So, I mean, he doesn't have, Not, like, weapons, but right. against the Dallas defense, they could be they, considered weapons. Right. Like, you they, really <laughs> just have to have... Well, you're good. You have to be relevant. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, my, my two running backs, um, I'm going to go with two big names, just because... They're who they are. Derrick Henry, I will clear. Derrick Henry against the Bengals. Kind of speaks for herself. Bengals are not a great defensive team. Derrick Henry is a monster. Uh, so I expect them to feed him. And then Alvin Kamara has been the best running back in the league. They're playing the Bears. Uh, who knows if Michael Thomas is going to be back. He's like Antonio Brown 2.0. Uh, so I think even if he doesn't play, uh, even if he does, I expect Alvin Kamara to have a big game. And if he does, doesn't, he's still going to have a big game. So Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara. Um, so my two backs this week, I got Clyde Edwards Elair. Really? Okay. Yes. Uh, weekly Jets matchup for the for my yeah. lineup. Um, yeah. I don't think that Casey is gonna really use their lethal passing game against the Jets. I think this is gonna be kind of a rest right. game. That, and you saw Patrick Mahomes get get we some got rest, rest last, last week. week yeah. So and I, I mean the Jets don't really serve as any of a threat to a to Kansas City. So I think this is a prime Clyde Edwards Elair game. A rest H is, the H is silent. Yes, this is this is one where they're going to ride the running game, try to get out of there as soon as possible, run some clock. And you saw a couple weeks ago on when they played the Bills, um, when they couldn't pass the ball in that weather, yeah. Clyde Edwards-Alaire proved that he is plenty capable to take on that lead back role, mm. and he was he was really like he performed really well in that role. Mm. And then my second guy, I told you I had some names this week, Mike Davis. Mike Davis made his season de- debut against Atlanta when CMC first went down, and in that game he averaged about six yards per carry and racked up nine receptions in the passing game, including a receiving touchdown. Yeah. So he's filled in tremendously. Yes, he's he's filled that role as well as they could have wanted him mm-hmm. to. So I think he's going to continue to that if CMC doesn't play. I, I'm hoping for my sake, since I made this pick, that yeah. CMC doesn't play, but at the same time I have CMC. So I mean. One kind of outweighs the other because my actual fantasy lineup is different from this right, fantasy right, right. lineup, and but I would still like to win both yeah. matchups for I, the record. I think but, my, even when McCaffrey does come back, I think my dad he's carved out a role for him. Yeah, they're gonna have to do a lot of two running back yeah. sets. I don't think they are gonna have Christian McCaffrey on the sidelines, but yeah. they're gonna have to no, yeah, continue to feed Mike Davis yeah. the ball and give him touches because it's not like he hasn't played well enough to deserve touches yeah. in that offense. Or you could see kind of a thing like how remember how. Um, what was his name? You'd always fill in for Le'Veon Bell. Williams, I'm Williams. I he know what you're Panthers. talking about. Was uh, it Stephen Ridley? No, 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 no. Something Williams. Some D. Will. Uh, I'm not gonna remember, but he. Will. Oh, 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 D'Angelo. D'Angelo Williams. Yeah. D'Angelo Williams. D'Angelo he always filled in for Le'Veon Bell because Le'Veon Bell was always suspended for like the first two games, back back years. Mm. And he went off, and I, like he never. But he never. When Le'Veon Bell came back. He never really had a role, mm. so you maybe could see that with McCaffrey. Mm. But I think Mike Davis, for he's had a longer duration than than Williams had. He's been he's been good for like six weeks, or right? McCaffrey played two weeks. Yeah, he f- played the first two weeks. Yeah. And went down. So he's been too good not to give him the ball. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, D'Angelo Williams. There. Yeah. Talk about guys that you forgot were humans. Totally relevant. Yeah. yeah. Totally relevant. I saw him in a commercial. I think for some reason, but it was like. It was probably like a Michelin commercial or like something. Old Spice or something like that. Yeah, yeah. something weird. weird. That was weird. I know what, what commercial you're talking about, too. It was something <laughs> weird. Uh, for my receivers, talked about Devontae Adams. Um, I'm going to go with Tyree Kill because uh, I have Patrick Mahomes. I like to have that duo. Uh, 
and they're playing the Jets. I'm hoping it's a rest week in the term that he'll have three touchdowns, or Mahomes have three touchdowns at halftime, and one of them is an 80 yard bomb, Tyreek Hill, which would be mm-hmm. perfect. Uh, so I, I hope it's like that. And then my third guy is a, is a bit of an unknown guy. Well, not unknown. To, it's unknown to this segment, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Tyler Boyd. A good week last week. He's he's been he's been the number one for Joe Burrow. AJ Green's kind of fell off a little bit, which I thought was gonna be much better this year. But Tyler Boyd has been a, he's been a target machine. He's some guy that he's a guy that Joe Burrow relies on, and I expect a good game from Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I I have a tough time locking in Bengals. Yeah. To, players at this point in the season not named Joe Burrow or Joe Mixon mm-hmm. however I don't hate that yeah. I mean the Titans don't have a great defense I don't right. really know why because they're that they, they have everybody from that defense that shut down the Patriots and the Ravens last yeah. year in the playoffs so it doesn't make sense and they have Clowney now so it doesn't really make sense that their defense is as bad as they are mm-hmm. but yeah it's just I don't hate it mm-hmm. I don't hate it can't can't really knock it <laughs> um my wide receivers uh I have AJ Brown already oh. um Robbie Anderson. Okay, he's been he's been great. He has not nearly had the recognition that he should be getting. He's second in the league in the in yards and, and receiving yards behind D Hop, and he had his way against Atlanta the first time around as well. Like Mike Davis, he had he racked up eight receptions for 112 yards, and he's the highest targeted player on in that Panthers pack, uh, passing game through week seven with yeah. 12 at um or he was the highest targeted that week. Excuse okay. me. He was the highest targeted that week with 12 targets and has stayed pretty consistent. So I, I expect him to deliver against a really, really bad Atlanta defense. Yeah. I thought DJ Moore was going to be the guy that Robbie Anderson is now. Yeah, it's it's weird because like DJ Moore hasn't regressed at all. Well, but no, Robbie, he's been good, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's just kind of taking touches away from DJ Moore and like kind of doing he's, – he's more of their deep shot guy. Yeah. Where DJ Moore is kind of like their their reliable like check it down to yeah. him get a couple get like right. a twelve yard gain out of it. But that's a, that's a nice duo they have. Over there. Yeah, they have a, that skills posi- those skill positions over there yeah, with them Curtis Samuel CMC right. Mike Davis those are all really really Teddy good Bridgewater. and Teddy Bridgewater has played really really yeah. well so that offense is really underrated. Um, but and then my my third wide receiver uh, Keenan Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chargers are continued to try and live and die through the pass game with until Eckler gets back. Their running game hasn't really been obsolete since he oh, went out. Terrible. Um, Allen has th- had coming off a game where he had 13 targets and only has one game this year where he has under 10 targets. And Justin Herbert has a hot hand, and that's his main guy. Yeah. So if you put two and two together, you have Keenan Allen with a good fantasy week this week. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, my two tight ends this week. Uh, I usually go with Kelsey or Kittle. I'm not going this week. Going with Darren Waller, who's who's probably been the third or fourth best tight end all year. Uh, he, he's Derek Carr loves him. He's playing the Browns defense, and I got I got Gronk. I got Gronk against the Giants. He's he's kind of gotten a little bit to his old self of late the last two weeks. Uh, he's playing the Giants. I, I think Gronk's gonna have a big game. I'll tell you right now. I also have. Gronk. Yeah. I I saw Gronk. He's gotten eight targets in the last two games. He he's good. being targeted in the red zone. He scored two touchdowns in consecutive weeks. And they're gonna get him, or they're gonna continue to get him more involved with no OJ Howard, no Chris Godwin this week, yeah. and not a good Giants team. So this is a this is a development for chemistry game, mm-hmm. kind of get Gronk back in the swing of things, full scale, yep. and get sort of a glimpse. Obviously, you're not gonna get full New England Gronk back, but you're gonna get a glimpse of what you saw in New England with him. So I think that's the game where Gronk is really gonna thrive. Mm-hmm. And then my second guy. Said it a couple times already. I got some names in here. Richard Rogers. <laughs> no Zach Ertz down. 
Rodgers seems to be the second option next to Foldham in the passing game. He showed plenty of capability versus the Giants, and it's not like the Cowboys are all that different from them. So with that being said, I think that Carson Wentz is going to look to feed his his second target. Yeah, I respect it. Former Packer caught that Hail Mary against the Lions for Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I was always a fan of him. Yeah, Sorry. I was kind of wondering where he went for a couple of years after yeah. that because you haven't heard his name in a while, and then all of a sudden I saw him as a starting tight end. I picked him up last week, got me 14.5 points. Yeah. So I'm not mad at him, and I, I got enough confidence to put him in my lineup this yeah. week. That's pretty cool. Uh, for my kicker, we, we both had him last week going young – how do you say it? Young How Koo? No, it's Young Ho. Young, oh, young oh, Ho. Right. But it is Young How, I think, but we, we like to say Young uh, Ho. It's, it's Huey. Oh. Uh, young Huey. Young Huey, which has got a little more, a little more like, zest to yeah, it. It's nice, Young Huey. But it's not better than Young Ho. Young Ho, Young Ho Koo. Uh, he he only had two base points last week after like a twenty point game. Yeah, I was I know I was disappointed. I know you were. We both had him. Mm-hmm. So I expect the Falcons. They never know what they're going to do in the red zone. Um, and I, he's young. He's been the number two ranked. Kicker, I believe. Uh, so I think I think he's gonna get back on track. Yeah, this is awkward because I also have Young oh, Ho again. Because <laughs> I, I couldn't, I couldn't. I'm sticking with my guy, and I couldn't find a cooler name this yeah. week. I couldn't find anybody any cool kickers this I week. I was Joe Sly. Yeah. I, I was trying to. I was gonna go John Brown, but he's on a bye for oh, Jacksonville. Oh, <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to go John Brown, a Jacksonville soccer player, but he was on a bye this week. So you'll see him next week. Spoiler alert. But yeah, that's that. I, I'm sticking with Young Ho. Young Ho. And then my defense, I'm going the Buccaneers against the Giants. Buccaneers have looked great, especially against the freaking when they play the Packers. Giants, Daniel Jones, he's always good for a turnover or two. Mm. Um, I'm taking kind of a shot in the dark here, but I'm going Philly. I got I got Philly against okay. Dallas this week. Uh, Dallas hasn't moved the ball past the 25 yard line in about two weeks. Uh, more than likely going to see Danucci under center with Andy Dalton being concussed. And when have you ever seen a third stringer do good ever? I, I think the last third stringer that we saw was um, the only thing I can think of is the Jets quarterback. His name was Sam something. He was god awful for like two weeks. I can't remember. It was when Darnold had mono and Trevor Simeon snapped Sam. his leg in three places. Um, I don't know. Oh my God! What was his name? The good third string is Cardell Jones when he was with Ohio State. Oh yeah, the, yeah. The Braxton Miller, and JT Barrett went down. I mean, third stringers <laughs> in college yeah. are like are like, like high school all Americans. All Americans, exactly. So that is a little different, but at the same time, like <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind, I thought of a third stringer, yeah. like, performing well. Yeah, I in the NFL, but you haven't seen that ever. I don't yeah. think so. You probably never. Yeah, so um, Philly hasn't had a good defense, but I'm hoping I, I'm kind of right in the sense that, that we're going to see the same sort of third stringer trend. Yeah, uh, Going into our booms and busts now. Uh, ooh, Joe Burrow. I was high on Tyler Boyd. Joe Burrow had a great week last week. Playing the Titans, who's not, like you said, not a great defensive team for some reason. Yeah. Um, and I think he's going to he's gonna follow that trend. I, I hope I have him on a fancy team because Kyler Murray's on a bye. Going for Joe Burrow. Threw for over 400 yards last yeah. week. He, he is Ben. Him and Herbert. He's uh, Burrow's, think, I believe, don't call me, but third or fourth in passing yards. I think he's second, actually. Is he really? I I, thought... I'm pretty sure he's second because I saw that I saw that post on um, NFL yeah. uh, Instagram today. I'm pretty sure we could, could pull be. that up right now, and he would. I'm pretty sure he was second. Yeah. I, I for some reason, have like a photographic memory when it comes to stats, so I'm, I'm, I might be on the money, but don't quote me on it yet. I have it up. In a second. So he's third. Deshaun Watson's is he third? Deshaun Watson's second. 
Matt Ryan, Deshaun Watson, Joe oh, yeah. Josh Allen, and Teddy Bridgewater. He is third. Okay, so I don't have a photograph of Matt Ryan. We know that. <laughs> um, but okay. Yeah. yeah. I thought he was. Why did I think he was second? Because uh, I think. Ah, well, never mind. It's, so, yeah, bro, it is what it is. And then I'm going to go with Boston Scott. But that is hoping that Miles Sanders will not play. Boston Scott played very. He had a great catch at the end of the game the other day. Mm-hmm. He's like 5'4 or 5'5, five, five, too. That's, I love little guys like that. Yeah, that's the new running back yeah. build. They got to hide behind their six seven Honestly. linemen so nobody can see them. They're shifty, crafty, and the yeah. and hitting uh, hitting gaps. So yep. that's that's the new uh, model for running yeah. backs now. Apparently, Boston Scott gets the Cowboys. I'm taking anyone any running back against the Cowboys nowadays. I think any skill position against the Cowboys might yeah. be a safe bet. Yeah. I think or against the NFC East, that's not within the NFC. Right. East. All right. Yep. Um, my first boom of the week, I got Carlos Hyde. No Chris Carson this week. It's looking like uh, Hyde has proven to be a clearly capable of taking on starting role. He was a 1,000-yard rusher last year. Uh, the front seven of San Francisco has a laundry list of in- injuries with, obviously, Nick Bosa, Sol- Solomon Thomas, Ziggy Ansah being out, Quan Alexander's banged up. Who knows what that what that front seven is going to look like. And Carlos Hyde, like I said, he's proven to be capable he's- before. He's had big games in the past. They're they're gonna look for him to probably be both in the running and passing game. I would assume. Yeah, so, he had a good run the other night uh, for a touchdown, which was weird. Like uh, Al Michaels had no idea it was a touchdown. I thought he stepped out. That was it was a weird touchdown. Yeah, Al Michaels will always have like one call per like three weeks where like he it, he has no reaction to it. He's just like, oh yeah, there's a football <laughs> game going on, and they might have scored, but yeah. he, I don't know. No, I like Al Michaels though. Yeah, Al Michaels is cool. I don't like Chris Collinsworth though. I never <laughs> like Chris Collinsworth, but that's a different topic. Uh, Get Gus Johnson an NFL job again. But anyways, um, and then my second boom of the week, uh, Scotty Miller. Really? Okay. N- no Chris Godwin this week. Again, AB has another week to clear COVID protocol and suspension. He's got a pass-heavy offense, um, and he's been targeted eight times in the last two weeks. Secondary di- Giants obviously isn't good as it is, but are probably going to give more attention to Evans and Grock. Mm-hmm. That'll open up a lot of opportunities for Scotty Miller to thrive. Definitely. No, I like that. He's been he's been playing well too. And Brady, Brady loves those guys like that, those small receivers. Yeah. But yeah, can't go wrong with that. My bust, um, I was I was high on the Buccaneers defense, so I'm obviously not gonna be high on Daniel Jones this week. Again, he's always good for at least a turnover or two, and from what I saw last week when he's rumbling, tumbling, he can't deliver. Yep. So I go going Daniel Jones against the Buccaneers to not have a great game and be a bust. And then I'm going with Tua. That's my second bust. I don't think again we talked about it, it's a tough Tough debut against a, 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 not a, a really good Rams defense with the best defender in the league in Aaron Donald, who's going to be running all over him and running through the Dolphins lineman. So Tua might be running for his, for his NFL debut, so I'm not high on Tua Tonga by Lola. My two busts this week, uh, reigning league MVP, Lamar Jackson. Lamar hasn't thrown for over 200 yards since week one. He threw for 97 yards against Kansas City, and he's facing the best defense he's faced to this far and arguably the best defense yeah. to this point in the season so he's going to have to be their entire offense to win this game with mark ingram still banged up in the running back committee not really committing a lot of or not really contributing a lot of offense yeah. for them uh he's gonna have to do it with his legs and his arm and i don't see him really i don't really see that game plan going well because you can't run a whole offense through a quarterback and not have any skilled positions he, contributing he has been we're going to talk about disappointing nfl teams he's probably been one of the most disappointing players. Yeah, definitely. It's nowhere close to what we saw from him last year. We're seeing more of like rookie Lamar in the latter half of the the season that he was um, implemented in. 
he's not throwing for a lot of yards. He's running here and there. He'll have a couple good runs. He's not facing good teams, so it's not like we can give him credibility for winning those games. Yeah. So I just I don't see him really having a big day, and that's why I took Steelers earlier, and I don't think that, that Lamar is really going to do anything close to MVP Lamar would do. And my other bust of the week, uh, 49er running back Jarek McKinnon. People are going to be jumping all over him with the Mostert and Wilson injuries, but he was barely used that last week. Minus one points. Coleman is also Tevin Coleman is also back this week, and it seems that Jermichael Hasty is above him on the depth chart as of today. I don't know why. I don't know when they did that, but I'm looking at it. I was looking at it today, and it doesn't seem that, that McKinnon yeah. is really going to be used in the offense, which is really weird because he was good in the role when Mostert first had exactly. the first high ankle sprain. Exactly. So it's really weird that they're not that they kind of just went away from him for no reason. Yeah, it's got to be something like there must have something happened at practice or something because he literally he was he was really good when Mostert got hurt. Yeah, he had uh, four or five straight weeks with touchdowns. Yeah, so and, and I, you expected him to kind of have a, a really good game last week, and he was a he was non-existent. Yeah, they he wasn't even playing. He was a non-factor. They didn't use him, and when they did use him, it didn't go well. Yeah. So yeah, don't rush to go pick up Jerk McKinnon this week because he's it's probably going to be more of the same. Uh-huh. Uh, so this is for our fantasy football segment. Uh, we're gonna go into our to our two hot takes. Uh, I, I was I have a tough time again with these again because we not we don't have a lot of sports going on. It's been it's, well now it's only football. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, but I won't. I had a basketball one and I had a football one. I, I I will say right now I have the same. Okay, I like that basketball one. The Mavericks. I saw this in the news. They're gonna trade up in the draft and get a third piece either via the draft or via a trade. I talked about this before. I want them to get like a DeMar DeRozan or Victor Oladipo type player. Or like, they need a wing to complement Luka and Kristaps Porzingis because I don't think Tim Hardaway is going to do that. He's mm-hmm. kind of just that role player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want them to have a kind of, not necessarily they don't need a star, but Oladipo and DeMar DeRozan are, I mean, they have been stars in their career. Mm-hmm. DeMar DeRozan, not so much. He's on a downhill and Oladipo's been injured. But a guy like that or, or a young guy coming in the draft, maybe they go maybe they go for like number one pick again, Anthony Edwards. Like that, that would be a That would be huge. huge. Well, we just did a huge. And then uh, my second one is uh, this is pretty funny because because you never know what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. The Washington football, the Washington football team will win the NFC East. <laughs> I, At the beginning of the year, I would say you're absolutely crazy, but with the Cowboys being to coin flip the, the Jets, pretty much like you said, uh, Eagles. I mean, you never know what they're gonna get. Everyone's injured. Mm-hmm. Giants, uh, Giants, Giants. Doctor. Give me the Washington football team to win the NFC East. I don't hate that. Yeah. They're gonna they're rallying around their their cancer free coach now. Yep. Um, they're probably they they looked pretty good against yeah. um who they who they beat a couple weeks ago. Oh, they beat the they beat the Cowboys last week. Yeah. They, and they looked their offense you know, didn't I look like, bad. I like, I like Antonio Gibson. He had a nice he had hundred plus yards last week. Yep, I like him. He's a talented guy. Him and him and Terry McLaurin are two. Talented guys on the offensive yeah. side, and that front seven is is it's probably the best, the best young core yeah. in the league. I'm not going to say best front yeah. seven by any stretch of the imagination, yeah. but the best young, young core. core front seven in the league. Yep. So I, there's a lot to look forward there in Washington, Washington moving forward. Yeah. I don't know if one of that is a mascot name, but <laughs> Which I, was, I still don't know how you don't. You're not going to have a team, a mascot through a whole season. Honestly, I love saying it's the fun. football team every, every week. Yeah. I, I get a lot of enjoyment out yeah. of that. So I don't hate it if you guys want to stay the football team, by all means. But the Red Hawks are on the table, though, and that would be a badass name. Yeah. So if you want to go with that, too, I'm not going to be mad at you either way. But, yeah. Um, my hot takes of the week. Um, 
Mike McCarthy will be relieved of his duties come Monday morning. They're going to lose to Philadelphia. Pretty convincingly, I would imagine. They don't really have a lot to compete with them. They just released everybody and their mom on defense. Um, I just don't I don't see any reason for McCarthy to stick around at this point. They're gonna I'm sure there are better coaches in the market to go get what from the college or even in the, the former NFL coach vault that is currently like coordinating like a Vance Joseph or Eric Bianami, obviously. In a coordinator coordinator position right now, there are better options than Mike McCarthy out there right now. I think he's going to want to move on from them or from him immediately. I see. I don't think that would be a midseason move because it's his first year and he's already had his the franchise quarterback be down and the Cowboys defense is terrible. So I don't think they're going to fire him after giving him the contract and giving him this move with with a lot of hype coming in. I think they're going to let him go throughout the rest of the season and maybe make a move in the offseason. Well, see, my thing is the locker room already isn't behind him. Yeah. He doesn't really seem to care that they suck. <laughs> um, and he's just not a – like, ever since Aaron, him and Aaron Rodgers have had their fall, he doesn't really yeah. seem to be a likable coach to play for. He never smiles. Yeah, no. It's just He's just a smug guy. Yeah. He's just like, ah, this is my job. I, can't, I might hate it, but I'll never tell you. But yeah. it shows in my face. Yeah. Like, no. Eh. I, I don't I don't like Mike McCarthy there. I don't think Jerry is liking think, Mike McCarthy yeah. there. It's circulating through the news that there his job is under fire. And with this loss coming to the because I know Jerry's going to think that oh, they shouldn't lose to the Eagles. Exactly. So if when they get blown out, he's going to say, "All right, next." Right. If if anyone's going to do it, it's, it's Jerry Jones. Exactly. Um, and then my second hot take. I think you're going to like this one. There's still a coaching vacancy in OKC. Uh, some dominoes fell with the Pacers. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rockets just hired their new guy today. I think Nick Carlson will be named as the Thunder new head coach. Wow. I, I was looking at some names in the in the Oklahoma. I forget what it was called. Uh, it might have been the Oklahoman, but. Yeah, wow. They love him over there. They love him over there. His jersey's retired. Yeah. <laughs> um, he already has a front office position right now. Um, and in basketball, he's not like the head of basketball operations, obviously, but he's like one he's of the, the fixtures yeah. in there. Um, and he knows how the the Thunder operate better than anyone yeah. from the candidates still available, and he's an extremely likable guy. Wow, I didn't even so, think that. that. That would be some guy that, that the fans would love yes. and the players would love. Yep, to get fans in the seats once fans are back, to get their players to rally around, I think that's a great hire if they go that route, hmm. and they definitely could if they wanted to. Yeah. Has he? Uh, what? Well, maybe. So he's a he's a front office guy, not a coach. Yeah, he's a front. Okay. He's in the front office right now, but he would be. I I was reading reports there. The Oklahoma had fifty candidates. I'm sorry if I'm botching the name. I just can't remember what it was, but I'm pretty sure it was the Oklahoma. They had fifty candidate names okay. in there, and he was uh, in the former NBA player category okay. and in former Thunder category. So I like that. I mean. I think everybody would love that move. I think it's a very good move on on the surface, mm-hmm. and you can't really go wrong with that. I mean, obviously, if it doesn't work out in one or two seasons, you get rid of him, but it, it's definitely something to try. Yeah, and he's definitely, like you said, he's a very likable guy. Mm-hmm. His, his freaking jersey's retired, and he wasn't Yeah, he, he didn't play for like five seasons. Yeah. He was just like Udonis Haslam, exactly. just kind of there for moral support. Exactly. Nick Collison. Wow, I was not expecting his name to be brought up today. Mm-hmm. That's what you get when we talk sports. Exactly. I love it. Uh, talk sports more. We're going to talk about the Embrace the Debate. Uh, another fun segment we like to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for our topic today, we're going to talk about who has been the most disappointing team through Week 7 in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Who do you got? Um, I, the Vikings, the Texans, the Falcons all were in consideration for me. 
but I think the clear answer is the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> they set championship aspirations for themselves and their fans every year, and they're not that much better than the Jets. Granted, Dak, they lost Dak, and their defense, I mean, they let Byron Jones walk, and they let their lead uh, pass rusher and Robert Quinn walk. But they let that happen, like thinking that they could make some offseason signings to kind of make up the ground for that. Mm-hmm. And they just haven't whatsoever. And like I said, they lost Dak. So, I mean, you could give them a, a kind of a handicap, but I'm not. Just because Andy Dalton was a starter for eight straight years. They led them, he led the Bengals to two playoff appearances. And so it's not like he's not capable of figuring out offense and leading a team to success. And especially in the NFC East. Yeah. So, in, like, you should be able to still win the NFC East at the very least, and they're not even coming close to it. Yeah. I agree, but that's if I don't agree because I the, the Dak thing hurts me, and I have two teams. It may be my third team, I'd say. Mm-hmm. I have two teams above them, one being the Vikings and the other being the Texans. Vikings are 1-5. They, the they've been a playoff team the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Going into the year, they, they expected the same thing. Kirk Cousins, they're paying. He's, like, the sixth highest paid player in the NFL. He is not. He's been terrible. He, he said maybe one good year, maybe two good years. One with the Redskins, uh, and one with the with he, like he's been okay. Mm-hmm. But he is not a guy I would turn to to lead my lead my franchise at Absolutely all. not. Couldn't at agree more. All. Uh, the Texans. I, I think they would be honestly more disappointed because the Texans, like again, another playoff team that they they continuously make it and they win their division. Deshaun Watson got his huge deal. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He hasn't been too good. He's I mean, I would say, yeah, he's been okay. Nothing, he, they expected big numbers from him all set. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the only thing they've gotten right is firing Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Other than yeah. that, they've not been good. But see, I think if anybody gets a handicap, it's them because okay. they got rid of their best receiver for a running back that was far uh, past his best days. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, all the blame goes to Bill O'Brien in the yeah, first place. Yeah. I, I said, I think in the first episode, that the Vikings are a product of Kirk Cousins and the Texans are a right. product of Bill O'Brien. Yeah. So, with that being said, Bill O'Brien is gone now, but he assembled a t- he he made the team like way worse yeah. than it was. And like if you have DeAndre Hopkins like sticking around and you draft a running back like AJ Dillon or something like that, they're gonna have Super Bowl aspirations over there, and they're probably not gonna digress at all. But I I can't. It's just the Cowboys set such high standards yeah. from themselves, and they're in the NFC East, and you're telling me you can't have a team. Like, you can't call them America's team and then have them be just a, a little bit better than the Jets and not win the NFC East. And, like, a, another thing to be said, like, I talked about the locker room a little bit. They're already calling out the coaches. The chemistry is blowing up before they, like, pretty much before it even started. Yeah. And then Zeke is supposed to be a top three back in the league. And he keeps turning the ball over yeah. and not deliver, de- delivering to that caliber. And I, I, he's had has he had a hundred yard rushing I, game I this kept, year? I remember I kept I had him in my fantasy lineup for like three straight weeks. And my three, my my premise of my argument was saying, oh, this is the week they should get his hundred yard game. Each week never happened. I've lost I've lost hope for him. Yeah, and I. That, it makes no sense a, because Dax out. He should be getting 30 touches a game. Exactly. And this was a guy in college that only turned the ball over, I think, twice. Yeah. And he has he has four that's, fumbles in, in seven weeks. Yeah. So I, that's unbelievable. Two fumbles in one game, too. Yeah. That's unbelievable to yeah. me. And, the, like, nobody expected that. And, like, he's kind of gaining weight. Like, he's, <laughs> he's, gotten, he's gotten a little thicker. And I don't think it's in a positive way. Uh, so like that, especially with the feed me tattoo now, yeah. it looks like he's got a little bit of a, of a beer belly like hang he, to yeah. him. 
Like when he always you wear those like cutaway shorts shirts. Like he wasn't like oh like you're ripped, like a DK Metcalf who's absolutely shredded. He's always yeah. been like yeah, yeah. a little bulk of your side. Yeah, I just I I don't know what that's about, but like I don't know if that's making him slower, and yeah. that's why he's digressing. I can't really put it to to memory why he's digressing the way he is. Maybe it's the offensive line as well because that was considered to be one of the they the have, top in the league. Wow, they've gone downhill. Yeah, they, they're they're probably one of the most disappointing like just. Parts of football. Yeah. How they went from being the, like in Zeke's first year, they had like everyone was like an all pro. Mm-hmm. Now, now they have Zach Martin, who's the only guy left, and he got hurt last week, I believe, yep. or two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a concussion. Lael Collins is out for the season. Yeah. Tyron Smith is out for the season. Uh, and then Frederickson retired, yeah. right? Last. No, this, this past season? Yeah, this past him, offseason? Because it was him and Keekley, and they were, those are the two surprising guys. Yeah. So. I, I don't understand why they they have gone as downhill yeah. as they have gone, and it's like like I said, they keep having these expectations, and Jerry Every Jones year. and everybody in that front office is like, this is the year that we turn around the Super Bowl or make a run at the Super yeah. Bowl, and it, that they're they very make the playoffs I, each year. Yeah, they, it's crickets right now for for all of them over there. Crickets and, and their defensive coordinator has got Tabasco in his eye. You see that? Video? Oh my God, that that oh. They just stop the video. This is why he, nobody takes you guys seriously. Put his, Oh. What are you eating with Tabasco in like at nine o'clock in the morning? Oh my god, he needs to be out of a job too. Like, oh, did he's a defensive <laughs> coordinator? What defense? With what defense? I, football sometimes has better football than that. Yeah, the, their defense is like I would take Alabama's defense right now oh, over their defense. Hundred percent all day. Hundred percent. Give me Nick Saban all day. Yeah, but the uh, thing with again, I'll go back to it. The Cowboys. They're my, they're my third most disappointing team just because Dak, the Dak injury kind of kills it a lot. If they had Dak and they were still this bad, obviously they would be number one. You don't think that the NFC East gives them any sort of like a, a higher yeah. like realm of possibility there? Because they, they, like, they're making it very easy for them to, to be like relevant. Yeah. I mean, it's still theirs to lose, I'd say. But they're, I don't know. It's just, I, I think the Texans had a lot more, Texans, Vikings... They had the same kind of same, not the same uh, kind of standards as the Cowboys, or so I think at higher. But the Vikings, the Texans, like you, they, no one really got hurt for them. They still have their two quarterbacks. Uh, I know the Vikings lost Stephon Diggs, but Justin Jefferson has been an animal for them. Well, the Vikings also don't have Daniel Hunter yeah. either. That's yeah. their main their right. their and main they pass rusher. Ngakwe. And they yeah they they traded away Ngakwe. Yeah. They've kind of punted on the season, I think, with I, that deal. Right. If you talk to our friend Ryan Huda, he's like, yeah, let's let's keep losing, and we want Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I, I would want Trevor Lawrence, too, if I was a Vikings fan. I mean, I don't want Kirk. I want anybody but at this point. But you're also paying $160 million yeah. for no reason. Exactly. So that's going to be a, a hanging rain cloud over your head until that contract is scrapped. Yeah. If you, so if you ask Ryan Huda, the Vikings would definitely be most disappointed. Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I think uh, with the America's team yeah. I've never mantra, thought really They've been, that never makes any sense to me. They haven't won a Super Bowl since... 88? Yeah. Troy Aikman? Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, and Deion Sanders, and they're and they're America's team. Yeah, and I I don't think that 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 mantra should still hang over their heads yeah. after this amount of time with no Super Bowl, with like four playoff appearances, and the okay. the Leon Letts of uh, games of the world, and the Tony Romo fumbles of the world, and the the choke of the number one seed against the Packers a couple years I, ago. Oh yeah, Aaron Rodgers loves playing against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I don't blame him. I mean, I I think as any quarterback going into the uh, against the Cowboys in the playoffs, I would think that you'd have a right. uh, as, at least an eighty percent chance to win. As Zeke likes to say, "Feed me." Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I mean, I can I can I can go with the Cowboys, but I think I think with the tech. So yeah, 
I, see, I didn't like this again. I, I had a tough time because the Cowboys, I wish Dak didn't get hurt. I get, in a way, it's good for Dak that he got hurt because Jerry Jones is going to be like, we're terrible without you, so I'm going to pay you. Yeah, but at the same time, like, if I'm Dak, I don't want your sympathy money. Like, you should have paid me to begin with. I was delivering. I was the top one of the top passing guys in the league. Like, I was league leader in yards. So you're telling me if he offers him $40 million a year, he's not going to take it? Oh, he'll, he'll <laughs> definitely take it, but I'll, I'll definitely, like, I'll feel a little spiteful yeah. about it. Like, I'd like, ah, that annoys the hell out of me. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, there's definitely a, uh, definitely a couple routes you could have gone with this with this with this topic, but yeah. I think that the Cowboys serve above all just because of their their expectations for themselves and for their fans, and that they put that forward for the last what four years, and they yeah. haven't been even close. Yeah, it's not America's team in my eyes, and I shouldn't be in anybody's eyes. Yep. All right, that does it for that segment. Now we're going to go into another fun segment we like to do is our ranking segment. Uh, we've talked about a lot of the NFL, to, uh, I mean, in all of our episodes recently because that's what's kind of the main thing going on. But we're going to go talk about a little bit of NBA right now. So the top 10 power rankings for next season, mm-hmm. which is going to be a very interesting season. When they're, when they're going to start, how many games they're going to have, is LeBron going to play the first yeah. month and a half? Our, our All-Star is going to play the first month and a yeah. half that we're just playing in the bubble. Are you going to see Jimmy Butler? Are you going to see Bam Adebayo? Yeah. Are you going to see all those guys? Are you going to see Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic? Yeah. There's a lot of load management hanging in the ducks right yeah. now. That's why it's tough to do it now, but, but we wanted to tackle it already. Exactly. Um, so, you're 10 from 1 again? Yep. Okay. Uh, me to start you? Um, I'll, I'll kick it off. I'll Go kick ahead. it off. Um, at number 10, I got the 2019 champion, Raptors. Nick Nurse has proven to be the Sean McVay of the NBA. Nobody really had a lot of ex- expectations for them last year with them losing Kawhi, and they were a top three seed in the East. If the team brings back Van Vliet, the team chemistry will be just as good as, it been, as it's been for the last two years. They're not going to skip a beat. And if they wanted to, they could bring back DeRozan. So, yeah, oh, so, I, I, would, I would really like to see that. Yeah, he, he deserves he deserves something like that. Yeah, so if they if they want to go that route, they could be a legitimate contender in the East for the third straight year. Yeah, they there's a couple mo- there's a lot of things that are kind of pending right. with, th- with this list, but I think because more have, likely than not they're going to try to bring Van Vliet back, and right. then DeRozan might be a reach, but that's definitely going to be something that they're going to be in the market yeah. for. So is uh, I think. Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka are free agents as well. Yeah, I, I that's, that's three kind of their core guys with Van Fleet. Yeah, they, exactly. I think 100 percent they'll or 99 percent chance they'll bring back Van Fleet. They have yeah. to. I I have enough confidence in Nick Nurse in, in Nick Nurse at this point to say that they're probably going to be a top five seed in the East no matter what yeah, those guys East. end up doing because they're probably going to make moves that are going to have players that are going to be in like good enough positions. Right, right, right. But they're not going to be nearly as much of a contender if they bring those guys back. Yeah. But I would like to see, like you said, DeMar DeRozan. Because I've always felt bad for him. Yeah. He, He's been, he was the Raptors' like best player. Mm-hmm. And he gets traded. And then they win. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number 10, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Portland Trailblazers. Uh, I, I'm, always a, I'm a big fan of Damian Lillard. I, I love the way he plays and I love his attitude. Uh, and when they're fully healthy, the Blazers are very tough. Now they got an emergence of you know, your boy Gary Chant Jr., who you liked in your, in your ranking segment with the bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like when Zach Collins is healthy. Him and Nurkic are very nice, big up, big uh, combo. And I mean, who doesn't like Damian Lillard and McCollum as a backcourt? All right. If so. they, I wonder if they're gonna bring Whiteside and Melo back. Yeah, because they're both free agents as well. They're both, they're both up for grabs. They gotta bring back Melo. I, I hope they do. I think yeah. I, I, he, he, he delivered. Yeah, at the very least, I, I 
want either the Trailblazers to bring him back or I want him to go to the Lakers. He deserves to be in a contender right right now, and he deserves, after his play in the bubble, I think he deserves a yeah. spot on any team. Yeah, and I think he would like to stay with Portland. Yeah, I think he liked He said that he he felt home yeah. at in Portland for yeah. most of the year. No, he, and he gelled perfectly. Yep. And I think if, if Gary Trent uh, Jr. takes another step, uh, that's another another weapon to have in Portland. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, at my number nine spot, I have the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, I was wondering where you're gonna put them. I, I had no idea where to put them in mind. Yeah, I I have a more of the bottom tier of the list just because like we don't really know what that chemistry is gonna look exactly. like. Obviously, you have the caliber players that you have, Katie and Katie and Kyrie. Um, Katie is obvi- an obvious top three player in the world every time he's healthy. Right. So he's gonna do. He does. You're more concerned about what Kyrie does to the locker room and how he divides these guys because you saw what happened in Boston. Mm-hmm. And there's just, he doesn't really seem to be a player that any, everybody can get behind. And if anybody messes up that situation, it's going to be him. Mm-hmm. But I have a lot of confidence in Steve Nash going into the season and the rest of the staff that he seems to be bringing along with Mari Stoudemire and potentially Mike D'Antoni. I, I like I like where the Nets stand, but I don't know what to think of them yet. I'm not going to put them top five just yet. They're probably going to be there eventually throughout the, the course yeah. of the season if Kyrie keeps his head on his shoulders. But for right now, they stand at number nine. And I'm gonna, at my number nine, something I don't like, but I like the Celtics at number nine. Ooh, so this is barring if they, if they make a change. I, I, we talked about this before. They need a big man. Mm-hmm. We talked about, I think I said Kevin Love, you said Andre Drummond. I mean, both, I think, would be great fits for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Tatum and Brown, a great dynamic deal. They still have Kemba. I like the Celtics as a team, and they're obviously in the East. They're going to be top three or four team. Um, but I don't know. I couldn't. I, there were just some other teams that I thought are going to be have a brighter future and have more potential to make moves. So I couldn't get them kind of any any lower. I'd say or any higher. I'd say. Yeah. I don't hate. I I think I, that's kind of low yeah, for them. I, I think it. that's kind of low for them, just because they were Easter Conference Finals. Yeah. They were in the Eastern Conference Finals in two thousand. Uh, what was it? Eighteen. As yeah, well, LeBron, yeah, yeah, when they played LeBron in there, so they're a team that is developing, and then T- Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are really re- reaching like the primes of their career. Yeah. They're both twenty four. I I see them uh, a little. I think you, I have them a little up on my list, but at my number eight spot, at the Mavs, uh, Luca is poised to be an MVP candidate for years to come. They need complementary pieces in some way, shape, or form to complement Luca and Kristaps. Um, whether that's through the draft, whether that's through trade, whether it's through the draft and trades, or whether it's free agents, they need some third or fourth complementary piece to really to really complement them because you didn't really have that last year. Like you had Tim Hardaway, you had Seth Curry, but like how much are they really going to do on a consistent basis? Um, and yeah, I just think that that their potential there is is unmatched. Um, there's a lot there's a lot to fill in there. Fill, there's a lot to fill in the blanks there, but they're. Luca is ceiling is through the roof. Mm-hmm. So, I also Mavericks at eight. I, I was tempted to move them, uh, move them, okay, move them down, right, down to one, up, up to one, up to one. I always get that confused for some reason. <laughs> so my my another hot take: Luca for twenty twenty one MVP. I absolutely love Luca. I think he is the future of the NBA. And again, if he gets a third guy with Kristaps. They are going to be tough, especially in the West. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to make a move through the draft, through trades. They're going to make something, some kind of move that's going to help their team. And it, a, a three-headed monster with Luca, Kristaps, and just another third scorer is very good for them. Mm-hmm. So I expect that. I have him at eight. 
But I would be surprised if they're even better than that. Yeah, their their lack of depth really hurt them in the playoff game because yeah. once Chris Dobbs went out, you didn't really have the complimentary guy to really fill that role. Mm-hmm. So I think once they once they get some some depth in there and a third a, a third piece to really form some sort of a big three, yeah, they're gonna ascend immensely. Um, but in my number seven slot, I have um, surprise surprise, Clippers. Mm. Clippers. I I know a lot of people are gonna think this is pretty low, but I. They need to deal Paul George in either in order to succeed in the playoffs. Hmm. Paul George meant like really brings them down, and I think there are better moves to be made for them as far as chemistry wise. And they don't. They had a lot of chemistry issues going into the playoffs last year. Um, obviously, I think Ty Lue is going to bring uh, going to put some drive into the, their dysfunctional locker room, and he's going to he's going to bring the no nonsense like championship mentality. And I think that's going to benefit them. But like I said, they need to get rid of Paul George and they need to figure out their chemistry issues in, in order to really be the team that we all thought they were going to be. Uh, my number seven, I'm going to go with the Nets. Again, like you all you said, I don't know what the chemistry is going to look like. I think if anyone's going to play with, be able to play with Kyrie outside of probably LeBron, it's, it's KD. I think, I think he'll be a good compliment. And they seem like they're friends. Mm-hmm. They, for a while now, I think they had good chemistry with uh, Team USA. And I mean, they're two of the best offensive players in the league you, you can't deny that and I, if their chemistry if they're good mesh like watch out especially in the east they could be they could be the number one seed at the end at the end of the, at the end of the year for sure um so so i'm curious to see how they are but i'm going to keep the nets at seven as of now yeah i don't hate i i everyone's really con- confused on where to put the nets i saw the yeah. nets as high as three in some people's power yeah. rankings and i was like ooh, that's that's too much yeah especially to, Figuring the fact that we haven't seen both that that duo in in the entirety of that team yet. That's, what, that's another thing I talked about or I didn't mention is how they're gonna be, they're gonna be fresh. Mm-hmm. Kyrie, Katie are gonna be healthy. They've had a lot of time to recover, so that that could be an added bonus. Yeah, for sure. Um, do they still have DeAndre Jordan over there? Or did they sign him on? I, I believe he's still there. All right. I yeah. I, I hope his dreads haven't gotten longer because if his dreads <laughs> as his dreads have gotten longer, he's kind of lost the the bounce, the yeah. the freaky athleticism. So hopefully those are a little little compacted now, and he's got that bounce back because he he's gonna be he can be a vital piece for them. Definitely. Um, at my number six slot, I have the Milwaukee Bucks. They definitely need one more piece to add in the offseason, and it definitely needs to be a guard, either a two guard or a point guard to complement Giannis and Middleton. Mm-hmm. They have bigs in the Lopez brothers. They their big presence is like. Has done them well. Like Brook Lopez had a hell of a run in the bubble yeah. for a, a long period of time too, until they were eventually eliminated. But mm-hmm. he complimented Milton and Giannis very well. But their guard play is is much to be desired. So once that is kind of put in place, you'll you'll see them succeed a lot more than they have in the playoffs. Mm. But Giannis is going to be Giannis, and Milton obviously is going to be is going to be their number two guy. But really, where do the where do you go from there? Yeah. Um, but also they could move. I had a I had a thought to put them higher up on my list because they're going to be playing with a little more sense of urgency just because they want Giannis to stay. Yeah. So that's where I, I, have I was yeah. I was tempted to to move them up, especially with them being on pace for sixty three wins last year. But I, I based on the playoffs and the bubble, I couldn't do it. Yeah. That's that's kind of that's what led me to put them higher. So on my number six, I, who I don't like again because I'm a huge fan of them, is the Nuggets. Oh, that's so low. 
I know because I wanted, oh. but I put the Clippers and Bucks over them because of the motivation factor, and I think they're going to want to prove it. Mm-hmm. And the Nuggets, I, they might have a slow start to the season because they might not play Murray and Jokic a lot. They might have to rely on other guys. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a believer in the Nuggets, and I really do. But I just so, I couldn't pull the trigger and get them uh, better than the other teams. But again, I mean Jamal Murray and Jokic, one of my favorite duos in the league, mm-hmm. and I think they're they're. Their future, the Nuggets, is so bright, and I think they have they're going to win a championship or two in the in the future. Um, but I, I couldn't pull the trigger. So the Nuggets at six, as of now. All right, all right. Well, speaking of teams that I thought you had too low at my number five spot, I have the Boston Celtics. Okay. Uh, the Celtics, like I said, their young core is reaching their prime. Both Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are twenty four. They're going to look to add a big, and once they add that big, they really have a complete starting yeah. five. Yep. And then you have Marcus Smart and all those other guys. You have Robert Williams coming off the bench. Hopefully, maybe they keep Ennis Cantor for keepsake role-player guy. Yeah. Gordon who, Hayward, yeah, too. Who knows? who knows what we're going to see from Gordon Hayward. I think he's on his way out, but I I think he kind of likes Boston just because yeah. he has that kind of veteran leadership role. Yep. And he's getting paid well. Yeah, and, and they paid him well. Yeah. But I, who knows what that situation is going to come out to be. But... If they add a, a good center like a Kevin Love, like an Andre Drummond, they should be at least the second favorite in the East. Mm-hmm. At least. Yeah. No. I, I, yeah, I agree with that. I, I think they're one piece away, like you just said. Mm-hmm. And that, oh, that'll be Because Tatum and Brown will get another year to just kind of develop. Kemba's going to be Kemba. Mm-hmm. If they get a nice kind of guy that can score but also play defense, mm-hmm. look out. Exactly. Uh, my number five, uh, I'm going with the Bucks. Uh, I'm still, I'm not, I'm not a Bucks believer. Uh, but Giannis, Giannis has been too good the last couple of years, and I think he's gonna, he has something to prove. Like you said, the Bucks are gonna have something to prove to want to keep Giannis, and Giannis has a lot to prove to prove that he is the player that he that like he's not just a regular season player who wins who wins all these accolades and wins MVP, wins defensive player of the year. He wants to win rings. Mm-hmm. I think he's gonna be super motivated, early eggs in the playoffs, so he's he should be fresh. So I have the Bucks at five. Okay, um, at my number four slot. I know I, I have a feeling you're going to think this is a little low for them, but I have the Golden State Warriors. Okay. Um, fully healthy. At, at what? At four. Four. I don't, I don't, as long as they're in the top five, I think that was, that yeah. was good. Yeah, I had to have them in my top five just based on the fact that they're they're going to have a fully healthy Curry, fully healthy Thompson, fully healthy Wiggins. Yep. If they draft Wiseman, they are a powerhouse. Oh, yeah. And they're bound to add some depth to complement Eric Paschal and uh, Jordan Poole and company. Um, if they had a couple key role players here and there, like you saw them add, like Glenn Robinson and a couple other guys that were that we've seen before that really are good role players, but like they yeah. they were their whole team once Curry and like Thompson was out for the year, yeah. that that whole team was based around guys like that that are that are usually role players but had to step up in and starting roles. Yeah. But if they add if they add those role players and if they draft if they're smart in draft James wow. Wiseman they are going to be a force. Yeah, I think we're yeah, well, we're both in favor of that out. Yeah. That's a filthy starting lineup with, with Curry, Clay Thompson, Wiggins, Draymond, and Wiseman. Yeah, if we if they had already drafted Wiseman and they just needed to add those role players, I would have them in my top two. Okay, but. They haven't done done it yet. It's yet to be seen. Yep. They're they're being really weird about who they who they're yeah. potentially going to draft. They're if being they get really really ball, weird about I, it. I, I, that does make that makes no sense. Him or Anthony Edwards, if if Anthony Edwards doesn't go one, like that would be the weird. Like, there's no need. No. Like, two of the best guards in the league and the probably the best duo of all time in terms of shooting. Yeah, that would be the equivalent of them picking up D'Angelo Russell last year. That would literally exactly. be literally be that because exactly. there's there's already two guy two guards there that you have centered your entire team around right. and you're going to try to make the other guard into a 3 and then yeah. they're not going to do well. 
I, I wasn't too mad with sense. that happening because they knew Clay was going to be out. Yeah. So, but I, uh, the danger also with Curry mix. I mean, it turned out well because Curry went down, mm-hmm. but then they obviously traded him. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. And I think that was necessary to get, to get when they traded away Durant as well. Right. But again, if, if they take a guard like that in the middle ball, Anthony Edwards, like, I would not understand that in the least bit. Meaningless. Uh, my number four, I have, I have the Clippers. Uh, I'm big on, I think, I think Paul George, you're not a fan of him in the playoffs, but I think he's going to, like, he was so bad that he, he can't get worse. So I think he's going to kind of be like, wow, like, this is Kawhi's team. I got to let him do his thing. I'm going to be his sidekick. That's kind of how it reminded me of uh, Dwayne Wade and LeBron, how the first year Dwayne Wade was still kind of a top five, top ten guy in the league. Mm-hmm. And then the second after the loss to the Mavericks, he was like, all right, LeBron. Like, you do you. Like, you're the best player in the league. You do whatever you want. I'm going to take a second fiddle to you. Mm-hmm. I think Paul George needs to do that because I don't think Kawhi's going to tell him. Kawhi's not going to guy that's going to be like, all right, this is my team because it's just Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think – I don't know what they're going to do in terms of, like, Lou Williams or Montrose Harrell. But I, tell, I still think they're going to have their core with, obviously, Kawhi, Paul George, and either Lou Williams or Montrose Harrell. So I think that, that's why I have them as number four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I just can't I, I can't get behind their chemistry issues. Yeah. I can't. I, I that's th- why I couldn't put them in my top five. Yeah. They have too many chemistry issues. I think if they make the move that I had suggested and the, the Bradley Beal, yeah, for Bradley Beal, if they make that move, they are automatically a top five or maybe even a top three team yeah. in the league. But Paul George, I think, is kind of there. What's holding them down? Yeah. So I I can't. It's weird because he literally had his best year with the Thunder the year before. Yeah, and then he just wasn't anything this year. He wasn't noteworthy. Was he even an All Star this year? I, no, because he was hurt. So yeah, I didn't even think he was. I mean, he was still good, but nothing of his oh, of like the Thunder years of of that. And at the end of the Pacers. Yeah, I yeah. just I can't get on board with with what they're doing over there. But at my number three slot, I have the Miami Heat. Um, I was wondering where you're gonna put them. Yeah, they they are they have a young core and they they have a ton of depth. And Eric Spolstra has proven to be a, so a basketball genius. So underrated. He doesn't get the credit he deserves. Yeah, and they're still they're still kind of looking for their third piece, which is why I don't have them in the top two. However, they have shown tremendous upside, tremendous tremendous team chemistry, and that's only up from from here because they they overachieved, yeah, and now that we're gonna have the same sort of expectations for years to come because they have. Their whole team is centered around Jimmy Be- Jimmy Butler's big contract and a bunch of guys that they are developing through the draft. Yep, I, I as well have the Heat as number three just for talent, depth, <clears throat> and Jimmy Butler really solidified himself as as a top ten player with his postseason run. I think Bam's gonna take an even bigger step. He's gonna turn into a star himself, and I think Tyler Hero's gonna take another step, and as well as Kendrick Dunn. I I, I love the Heat. I'll always be a fan of Heat. I always will be. From the big days of Dwayne Wade, I think they're gonna they can they overachieve like you said. And I think they're gonna be they'll be a top two uh, team or number one in the East. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I have them in the number one in the East going into next year for sure. Yeah. I I don't see how you could put any team above them because there's a lot of ifs going yep. on, and they're they're not really a team that you have to worry about. Other than the Goran Dragic situation and what comes of that, yeah, but even if be back, yeah. yeah, even if you do lose him, you have Kendrick Nunn, who was just an All Rookie First Team guy. Started so, every game of the regular season. Yeah. yeah, so you're not losing a lot if you lose Dragic. Like obviously he was your playoff leading scorer, but Kendrick Nunn is more than capable to fill that role. I wonder if they're just a quick question if they would do like Tyler Hero at the one, how they did it at the end of the year. I would assume so because yeah. Jimmy Butler can well, handle the ball just exactly. fine. And Tyler Hero can handle the ball just fine. Similar I would assume like LeBron, how he plays like the point forward spot. Yeah, I I think Kendrick Nunn is more your prototypical point exactly. guard. Yeah. But if you wanted to put your best talent out there, yeah. it would absolutely be Tyler Hero. Yeah. 
Um, but at my number two slot, speaking of teams with a young core, I got the Denver Nuggets. Um, their young core is so set to be dominant for years to come with Jokic, Murray, and MPJ. Um, the development of Bull Bull will prove to be their X factor yeah, moving it forward. It needs to happen. Uh, they need to put their their lineup that they had going into oh my god going into with their the first just, the first game yeah the, the first yeah. couple games where they had Jokic at the one, <laughs> Bull Bull at the at the three, Jeremy Grant at the four, and Bumley at the five. That is like obviously you don't have to be that extreme, but if you wanted to put him as a four, MBJ as the three, and then. Um, Gary Harris and Jamal Murray at the one and two with Jokic at the five. Yeah. That's a deadly lineup. Yeah. And they still have Will Barton as of now. Yeah, yeah. Who started every game for them in the regular season. Yeah, so you have you have so much depth, you have so much talent, and you have a lot of things to develop. But if you if Bull Ball develops the way that we saw glimpses of him in the bubble where he kind of showed out in those starting roles, yeah. you're going that team is going to be yeah. a force to be reckoned with. And that's going to be a scary team for any team yeah. in the West. And we don't we don't really know – what we can see out of them in that with Bull Bull's development. Yeah. No, definitely. Especially with Jamal Murray kind of saying, like, solidifying himself as a, as a star in this league. It was always Jokic's team. I mean, I, Jamal Murray, it might be his team now. Yeah. But, I mean, both are, they're, again, probably outside of, I'd say LeBron and AD, and uh, not, not Kawhi and Paul George anymore, but outside of LeBron and AD, it might be Murray and Jokic. Uh, yeah, I to- yeah, I totally agree yeah. with that. Uh, my number two, I'm going with the Warriors. I think, they're going to be healthy. They're going to be fresh. I'm planning on them getting James Wiseman in the draft. And we talked about their last starting five. And I, they, they have something to prove. That they are still – it's kind of their league. And they're they're the best team in the West. And I think Curry and Clay are going to go back to their old self. And I think Draymond will go back to his old self. He really hasn't been – he was not good at all last year. Uh, he wasn't that good the year before that yeah. either. He's, he's only good. He like, made the All-Star game averaging nine, nine points. Like nine, nine, nine. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I think it'll be better. He needs he needs obviously Curry and Clay around him. And I think Andrew Wiggins is going to be good for him. He's another kind of third scorer for him. Yeah. The, so kind of what held me back from putting the, like obviously the unforeseen draft yeah. implications That's looming. A lot to do. But also, Draymond Green has digressed so, so badly. So I think so badly, and like it doesn't really seem to be getting a lot better. I, he just seems to be more entitled. To like, oh, I, I was that guy. Like, remember 2016, Game Seven? Like, yeah. I was, I was that guy. And Ever since that, he's gone down. Yeah, here. it's just been a free fall. Yeah. So I, that's one thing that I think kind of holds them back from topping like the Nuggets and the, and the Heat and everything. But I, I couldn't pull the trigger on that one. Um, but at my number one slot, obviously this, this is an obvious choice. I think everybody's got this in their power rankings right now. But the Lakers. They're defending champions. They're bound to have AD and LeBron back. It's really all they need to excel. Obviously, they're going to bring in more role players and stuff like that. They're probably going to bring back a lot of what they had this year with, like, KCP, Caruso, um, uh, Avery Bradley, those guys. Yeah. Um, what I think they need to do, I said this in episode three, they need to deal Danny Green and Kuz to get a third piece. Yeah. They need to get rid of them and open up a space for a third star. Like not a superstar to quite like the AD LeBron caliber, but just a third score, like a, a third like eighteen twenty point score. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, just a guy like that, just a third option. So obviously, like you can't focus all your attention on LeBron and AD, and like kind of leave the the rest of the three players on the court kind of just by themselves. Yeah. So I think if you get that guy that brings less attention off or more attention off of them, and they kind of have to account for everybody on the floor. Mm-hmm. 
and Danny Green and Kuz are really the most expendable guys that they have on that championship roster. So I think that if you get rid of them, open up room for another guy, I think you have a perfect chance to go back-to-back. Yeah, I like that. What I don't want them to do is trade Rondo. Oh, yeah, they absolutely have to keep I think, Rondo. I think that was kind of a huge boost in the, in the bubble, mm-hmm. having him another playmaker. But what I saw was, with, in terms of Rondo, was the Clippers going after him. Which I would really like because they need like a leader and a playmaker for the Clippers and a point guard. So I wouldn't be opposed to that, but I want him to stay with the Lakers. See, I don't think Rondo's the type of guy to, to go from a rival yeah. to another rival and then to another rival. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think he will. I just saw that news that the Clippers are going to pursue him because it would be a good fit. But I mean, he's not going to get a better fit than Lakers. Could you imagine? That would be the most toxic backcourt in the world with him and Pat Bev. Yeah. Oh, my God. The toxicity every game. Oh, my God. Especially if they played like Lonzo and the Pelicans one game. Lonzo would feel so bullied. Right. If they want to get a point guard that's like a leader and is is one of the smartest guys in the league, they go for Rondo. Yeah. But again, he's got to stay with the Lakers. Yeah. We can't. We can't. The Lakers can't afford to lose him. Yeah. They yeah. they don't have any other. I, I don't want Caruso to be in the point guard. He showed capability. Yeah. Like obviously he started uh, game six, but I mean I, I don't really think that's the point guard I want moving yeah. forward. I think Rondo is definitely the guy. Yeah, no, Rondo's big, and that's why I had the Lakers as number one for all the reasons you said, and just because they have LeBron. Mm-hmm. They have LeBron. They have AD, best duo in the league. And I think the only thing that's going to hold them back is how much they're going to rest next year because of the new season. Mm-hmm. But I mean they're still the best team in the league, and there's no there's no doubt about that. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so those are our rankings. Now our last segment we have, our little fun thing we want to end with each week. There are like two weird things, two funny things that we saw uh, or came across this past week. Yep. Um, my my first thing is more of a, like less a random and weird thing and more unbelievable. <laughs> um, Megan Thee Stallion took a word over far superior artist and for the best hip-hop artist award at the BET Hip Hop Awards. What in the world? People for what a TikTok song? Are you kidding? <laughs> Lil Baby had the album of the year. Dub, the two babies were snubbed with Lil Baby and Dub Baby were far superior than anything Megan Stallion did this year. And I think you had Drake in there too. You're gonna have Megan Stallion over Drake? Drake. Drake. Come on. Like this is why Jay called this y'all and one of his recent songs. Like, oh. I, I can't with you. I like this is why nobody takes you seriously. This is why. This is why nobody wants to go to those awards. This is why nobody takes that award seriously. And quite frankly, I I think we should start. We saw an Oscars boycott a couple of years ago. Let's start boycotting the BET Hip Hop Awards for not recognizing music. Right. Who is actually the best? It's like oh my god, that irked me so bad. Like for over a TikTok song. Like get get over yourself. Oh, I can't. I can't. Um, uh, you want to do mine or yeah, yeah, okay. do we'll do one one. All right, so it's just something funny. I, I was, every time I look at Instagram now, if I see something funny or weird, I, I save it and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna write this down. So I saw this. So this is in terms of the acting world. So Leonardo DiCaprio, he was named Leonardo because his pregnant mom at the time was looking at a Leonardo da Vinci painting in Italy when Leonardo DiCaprio was in was kicking like crazy. She said it was cool. He was going crazy right when she was looking at the painting. And that's why she named him Leonardo. 
Did she do? Did she do? I wonder if she did like double takes of like just her her stomach, and then she would turn him away from the painting, and then turn him back oh, and see yeah. if he would keep. Kicking. I see that Doritos commercial <laughs> yeah. when they do that with the baby. Yeah, Are you doing that. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if they took that approach, and because that would make a lot of sense. But if she didn't do that, that that credibility is off. You, yeah. You're they're just looking in the distance. Yeah. Like, come on. I saw it on Instagram, and I looked it up too, and it, it was it was I saw it in multiple sources, so it could be true. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I, I gotta, we gotta connect with DiCaprio's mom yeah. and see if she did the double take because if the double take happened, then that's definitely justified. Yeah, definitely. Um, my, my second random thing for you, Kardashian fans out there, uh, our girl, the, the best one, Chloe, got the, got the cocoa. Got uh got COVID. Did she really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was looking at my explore page <laughs> I didn't today. Know that. I was looking at my. Oh no, I was looking at Twitter. I was looking at Twitter trending because I was trying to. Oh, wow. I was trying to look for something in here, and I came across that, and I was like, oh my god, like why was this not more talked about? Like she's the best one. I didn't even hear that. Ah, oh, that's just depressing. I'm sure Tristan Thompson is the happiest person in the world, though. <laughs> Tristan Thompson, yikes. That's the only dub Tristan Thompson's took since since the uh, since the championship and yeah. and he, he messed that up too. Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, for my second one, this is mind boggling to me that I saw. Um, so it's just a thing. If you ha- if you had earned a hundred eighty thousand dollars every day from when Christ was born, you wouldn't have you wouldn't be as rich as Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos' net worth is $191 billion. He's almost north of $200 billion. Just think of that. What do you do with that money? I don't know. I I think you take a a Scrooge McDuck approach and just kind of dive in and make a pool out of it. Bro, like he can solve like many of the world's problems by just giving $100 million and still have $91 billion. Yeah, he's going to he's gonna solve those problems and still have like over, he's going to have over $3 billion. He gave, up, he gave up half his money to his wife on, in the divorce. He's I like, was just going to say that. the richest like, person in the world. Yeah, the, the second richest person in the world is somebody that didn't do anything for a living and was just a wife. And like, like that's that's a stupid amount of money that nobody needs all of that to themselves. Like there, you can solve like the Africa problems yeah. Right you can now. literally give yeah, give them water, you can solve the world hunger problem. It's hundred and ninety one billion dollars. That's ridiculous. Like you don't need that much money. Not at all. Give me a billion dollars. I'm good. Not at all. Yeah. I just like distribute to the broke college student fund yeah. for the love of God. Like I could use that some like a portion of that. If you guys if you want to give me like like five K, I'm totally fine. Totally fine. <laughs> All right, so that concludes uh, this this episode. Uh, another fun one we'd like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, that was good. Yeah, this was a fun one. We'll catch you guys next week, and um, I hope you guys enjoyed.
Thank you.